Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Tetra Hearing. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where the host and guests discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experience as a field, and to share our members' stories. Welcome in, everybody, to this post convention and sports show edition special edition of the turkey call all access podcast brought to you by tetra hearing guys we are going to unleash three days of interviews on you and i hope you enjoy them if you were at convention if you were in nashville with us you're going to know exactly what we're talking about in a lot of these 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 conversations, the electricity, the excitement, the the I, w- I can't even tell you that there's a hangover to be had yet cuz I don't think we've even come down from it yet. It's been so amazing and the work continues as we, you know, put all this information and content together and release it out to you guys. So how this is going to roll is we're going to release day 1, day 2 for you guys and then we're going to wait a couple of days and then, and then hit you with day three and then a special standalone um, with our friend uh, Giannis Patelis from, from Meat Eater. It was just such a good conversation and it was a really long one that uh, I think you guys will find it entertaining. So it'll be a bonus addition to these extra ones. So on day one, here's your lineup. You're going to hear from co-CEO Jason Burkhalter, Cus Strickland from Blood Origins, Robbie Kroger. Al Stewart from Hillsdale. You're going to hear from Matt Hughes and Sandy Brady, Matt Light of the Light Foundation, uh, New England Patriot Super Bowl champ, our director of membership, Sydney Broadway, all around good guy, Bo Brooks, NWTF storyteller, Aaron Warbritton from the Hunting Public, my dear friend Helen Cho, all the way from NYC. And we're going to end day one with a super fun conversation with a uh, NWTF Storyteller, and my good buddy, Darrell Smith. That's day one. Day two comes at you tomorrow. We're going to drop that as fast as we can. And then uh, then we'll bring you day three. Enjoy this lineup. This this is an amazing collection of personalities, of storytellers. uh, And that's what's so great about laying all this down is we get this collection of amazing people in one spot um, doing 36 interviews in a matter of three days is is a grind but it's totally worth it and i think you guys are gonna love the conversations and the uh the stories that come out of it so please sit back enjoy there'll be plenty of time to uh to download this take your time listening through all of it and you know uh roughly most of these are between 15 and 20 minutes so if there's one you want to jump to there's your hint, you know, picking up what I'm putting down. If you want to jump around roughly every 15, 20 minutes, you're going to get a, a new one there. Some of them go a little longer, but, um, you know, fast forward around, rewind. It's there. We're going to get into day one of the convention podcast recordings and do all that in 90 seconds. Let's go. Hey, guys, this is Aaron with the Hunting Public. Each spring, we head to the woods chasing turkeys, and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us, and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend, if you're a spring turkey hunter, spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com. 
Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. Nomad is proud to be a supporting sponsor of the National Wild Turkey Federation and their podcast hosted by my longtime buddy, Fred Berg. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. All right, it is opening day here at the NWTF Convention and Sports Show for our 50th anniversary. And it wouldn't be a great opening morning without having one of our co-CEOs, Jason Burkhalter, uh, is joining us here in the Trick Hall All Access booth here on the uh, the Ryman Sea area. Sir, welcome. Thanks How you for, feeling? Thanks for having me. Uh, I think we're prepared. Yeah. Uh, man, this place is just bubbling with energy you know we felt it leading up to this week i had the opportunity to go to shot show you could really feel it there mm-hmm. and the feedback from partners was like you know since it's over we can't wait to get the turkey um but man it is on full display what do you think it is is it is it around our 50th or is it this this moving into the future like what does it all look like the excitement of the unknown and and, and the attitudes and the and the and the bubbling up of energy. I think it's a perfect storm. Yeah. Honestly, you know, last year we had convention, first convention back right. after COVID, but people were still a little timid, mm-hmm. right? So we didn't see the crowds like we typically have. Now we still had a large crowd, right? But, um, we didn't break a new record. So I, I think you have a lot of that going on. Plus, it's the fiftieth. Plus, you have this, you know, the, the future being put on display. So I think the people's appetite is there, and we're we're here to give it to them. Yeah. And it was on full display this morning and, and, and folks that are watching social media and, and for, uh, in real time saw it. Uh, our great partners at Mossy Oak are unveiling a, a new vest in the honor of, of Fox Hayes. Uh, they got another release coming out uh, this week as well. But uh, I think the first person in line for this vest, because it was a limited yeah. offering of 200 for the first day, he was there at 6 p.m. I talked to the fella and uh, it just got more crazier from there. Came down here after being in the gym in the morning at 6 30 and you know there's a line no kidding a quarter mile long uh, yeah, four, and that energy just continues throughout i started getting pictures or had been receiving pictures from people throughout the <laughs> evening and into the wee hours of the morning yeah. and that line just kept getting longer and longer and longer and you know i think that's also part of it you have partners and vendors here this week with new product mm-hmm. right with the, the disruption of supply chains sure. with covid there was a lot of new stuff last year, mm-hmm. right? To satisfy that that hunger and that yeah. appetite. But it, it's here now. It sure is. So. Full display as well. The show floor looks outstanding. And again, it's it's going to be a common theme throughout these interviews is this this energy. It's mm-hmm. you can there's the electricity in there. You can feel it. It's palpable. People are just smiling and just wanting to engage with each other. And we had a great rendezvous this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you and and Kurt, our other uh, co CEO, did a fantastic job honoring so many people to include uh, retiring 
starring co-CEO Becky Humphreys. Uh, it was very good, very good program. We got to get up there with our storytellers, introduce our stable of storytellers that have come on to help perpetuate and tell uh, the good people of our membership, our story, our mission, and then people that are tuning in for the first time, which I find extremely exciting. We know who, who loves us, who has our back. It's the people that are hearing it for the first time, like Helen Cho being here for the first time and literally having stars in her eyes. And it's being already a positive experience for her in 12 hours. I had the opportunity to talk with her a little bit last night, and that's exactly what she said. She said, this is my first one, but oh my, yeah. this is awesome. She said, I've been to SHOT Show. I've been to other shows. I said, and this is the best, right? And yeah. she said, I've only been here a day, but I know that it is. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, it, and you guys have done a fantastic, a fantastic job starting to build out this uh, storyteller network. And for those of you who are, who are tuning in that don't know what we're talking about, you know, we've, we've got to get our message out to more people, right? That we've always had that goal. So the way we're going to go about accomplishing that moving forward is building out and developing this network of storytellers, this network of social media influencers through all walks and all regions of life. Because they already have a following. They already have an audience. They have people that are coming to them every morning in their social feed for, for the good word. And what, what what's what's right the flavor of the day? Well, now we're there, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're right there in their feed. That is that individual's boardroom. That's where they're going to for their news. And that we want. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's it's that <clears throat> that instant power of ten, right? And and we know that we said earlier some of these some of these folks we have, you know, we've they've always had our back, but had their audience, had their friends and family. Do they even know right that they were involved with us? Well, now they do. And it's a great story to tell. And it's from, it's, it's from their, it's not company Kool-Aid. No. There's no talking points being emailed them to the weekly. Hey, I need you to say this. It, that's the whole point of this it's is organic. that organic, organic. storytelling. Like, don't do what I'm telling no. you to do. Or you tell me you. you just have to, it's a way to harness that passion. You know, I, I don't know another group of people that are more passionate than turkey hunters. It's crazy. And I can't tell you exactly why, but it's just something that's in us. In the best right? way, it's crazy. Yeah. It's wonderful. It is. Um, and, and we can banty about the, the, the different theories of why that is, but I think it's just easier to settle on that it is. That's right. And love that. Put that lightning in a bottle and pass it out to every person you meet for the first time. So here, here, take a sip. Yeah. And You're going to want that's this. That's the cool thing about this week, right? Yeah. I mean, it's tangible this mm-hmm. week. You can literally almost touch it and smell it yeah. in the air at convention. And man, if we could figure out a way to replicate that throughout the whole year. Yeah. You know, we'll, after this, we'll be moving into the spring, right? Turkey season. That's our season. It's us. We own the spring. We own the spring. Right? So. And I think part of that storytelling as we move forward into that next, in this next decade and under your leadership and Kurt's leadership and others is, is the story of not just what we've done and where we've been, but how the stuff we're doing present day, all these great stories that as social media manager that I'm putting out with my team that are just, it blows my mind. And it's, it's so much information that we have to schedule some of it out right. to drip release it because you would be overwhelmed with all the good work we're doing. And I'm not being hyperbolic. Like yeah. that's not hyperbole. That is real stuff happening with so many great partners that are they're wanting to work with us that know the power of the National Wild Turkey Federation, our brand, our community, our family, and they can't wait to, to get up with us and come to the table and how can we help and how can we partner? That's the story we want to tell and continue. So when people are asking us, and I, I kind of was joking about it this morning was, you know, the biggest question I always get, what is it you do? What We're putting it out there. We just got to get you to either A, read it or listen to it. And again, 
having this network of, of people organically telling that story, I think, like you and I have talked about in the past, is, is going to start moving that needle Absolutely. in a really big way. Absolutely. Because you're going to hear it through their voice. That's exactly right. Right. And oftentimes, they will be able to go to the places where doing the work and doing that mission delivery on the ground in the dirt and they're going to go hunt turkeys or deer, you know, cause mm -hmm. and again, we say this for 50 years. It's not, we don't plant a flag in the ground and say, this is just for the turkeys, all upland ha habitat, all upland game species and non game species alike are the beneficiaries of our hard work of our volunteers and our memberships, hard work, their hard earned dollars. And that gets turned into something awesome that we have for. And it's even so farther reaching than that. Right. I mean, yes, we impact wild turkey habitat which benefits other wildlife species That's right. we help provide clean water exactly yes sir right we help uh establish resilient communities right and provide abundant outdoor recreational opportunities Completely. the work we do directly influences all of those things mm -hmm. so we can sit here and talk about turkey hunters all day and I, we're turkey hunters we love turkey hunters but there's other people that should really care about the good work the NWTF's doing. 100%. Right? If you enjoy the outdoors at all, if you like drinking clean water, <laughs> right? It's a simple, <laughs> pretty setup. basic. If you like enjoying you know, a nice uh, a pint, a good IPA, <laughs> you should be all about what the NWTF's That's doing. That's exactly right. If you do not enjoy a good case of Jardia, <laughs> you want to hang with us. That's right. <laughs> well, it again, it's going to sound uh, like I'm overstating it for the people that aren't here, which should it motivate you to be here next year? Um, I can't overstate it, the, the energy that's here. And if you are here and, you, and, and you're listening to this uh, after the show is over, I hope it reinvigorates that spirit that, that you were living in in the moment, that you tap into that again and then take that, harness it, do something in your community. If you're involved, step it up. Do something bigger and better this year and challenge your your group. If, if you were so moved being here this year and you've got nothing going on in your area, we can help you get there and we have partners and we have field staff that can help you get to do things you want to do in goal setting. Uh, Jason Burkhalter, co-CEO of the National Wild Turkey Federation. Thank you so much for carving out time of your super busy schedule. We are all like maxed out in the best way. We're all super pumped to be here and, and, and can't wait to you know get with people. So no, thanks it was, for the it was time. A pleasure, Fred. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And mm -hmm. it, yeah, if you are on the fence about coming to Nashville yeah. over to the uh, Opryland Hotel, there's 512 exhibitors. It's the most exhibitors we've ever had. We're, be part of our 50th anniversary. Be part of the records that we're going to set this week. We'd love to see you out here, and you're going to have a blast. Right. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. As per tradition, and it is the tradition, we are joined by one Cuz Strickland here at the NWTF convention and sports show celebrating 50 years. Cuz, what a morning. Welcome. <laughs> Fred, my buddy, my brother. I saw you like 4.30 this morning. We were at the line for the Fox Vest. I was shooting video, interviewing those people that were standing in that line. I started way at the back. You were here. And uh, I went all the way to the front. Where are you from? Where are you from? Yeah. To get to the guy who got here, he was the number one guy. Got here 7 o'clock last night. Yeah. He'd been leaning on that wall. Yeah. 
And I thought that line was big until I got up. I said the prayer to open the show. <laughs> and I got, I've never seen a stampede like that. I had to yeah. back out of the way when they cut that ribbon. It's remarkable. And uh, Jason Burkhalter uh, was in here earlier um, to accommodate his very busy schedule. And, you know, that's I think that's going to be a theme, a running theme throughout these talks and just the entire weekend or week is that there is an energy here that I have not experienced maybe at all, but in a very long time, I, I would dare say at all. Like th- this, this mm-hmm. has got a pop to it this year. Yeah, I've, I've been to most of these. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't go like the, the first five yeah. when they were like in the cantina, but they were very small. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's a, it's a combination of a lot of things. This is just me yeah. looking down from 30,000 feet. Number one, it's, it's kind of post-COVID. A lot of people have had enough. Yeah. Number uh, Here's another thing. It's just like uh, your podcast and my podcast and all that. People are starving for that family-oriented, G-rated activity that doesn't have any skeletons in the closet and stuff. And I'm telling you, there's more and more people latching on this. Because you can't, you everybody you hear talk about this thing is like, man, there's so many kids there, and it is. There's one kid for every adult. There's a lot of kids here for a Thursday. There's a lot of people here for a Thursday. It's it's crazy, but I, I'm telling you, I think the timing's good, the reputation, you know, the history of the NWTF and what's been going on here. People are, I'm telling you, in this day and time, people are hungry for that, that 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 venue that family oriented stuff and uh nwtf nails it yeah and and it's it's a turning point right um becky humphreys was honored this morning at the rendezvous uh outgoing she's gonna enjoy a very well-earned retirement a much you you emceed that didn't you uh, I was. We had the, uh, the 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 storytellers chat. Hart was up there, and uh, Helen Cho joined us, and the Hayes brothers were supposed yeah. to, but uh, we just got crunched on time. Um, but uh, yeah, I heard you talking about that. You you you've got, you got that MC. I'm gonna open it up, kind of voice, and I was like, I, I didn't get there. I was I was doing all this other stuff, but. Uh, I got tickets for everything else for my whole crew, so I'm excited. You That's know, the, the auction, the awards, you know, the the welcome party tonight. Looking forward to that. I had to go up there <clears throat> and get the uh, RV that we're auctioning off. Yes. I had to get all that business straight. Uh, long story of that. Uh, and it, it is a good story. Oh, it is now. It, it will be. I, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to roll it out when when uh you know we sent the guy this guy's he's an amazing name's earl williams he's been in the rv business forever but selling components and this is his first build he just builds teardrops this guy is a avid hunter traps does all that stuff so he had some stuff going and this thing was cool i went all the way up there to michigan and saw it and uh he said and we said like okay we're gonna do this and have a mossy oak thing i said that's gonna be awesome it's got some cool features that you ain't gonna see unless you get down in there and look but we sent him some files for three different patterns and his graphic artist picked out another one that was apparently a knockoff but the thing was not in mossy oak when it rolled up so now everybody's panicking but uh we got a guy that lives close to here that is in charge all that and they uh they brought a a vinyl guy in and they got it and it looks way better yeah 
head to toe mossy oak bottom land yeah. cool features i'm excited i'm gonna get up in auction tell some of the features but he donated it lock stock and barrel so every penny that we generate with that's that great. goes in wt that, that's cool that's very cool when you especially coming from a fundraising background when i started with this great organization is when you can get those in-kind donations and there's no price tag attached to Nothing. it and you're just all net it's just powerful. Yeah. It's really powerful. There, and, and, and in the instances where, you know, I'm not begrudging people that'll discount something great so you can do fundraising on it, but those straight up, I love you. Here you go. Do it. They're rare. I mean, <clears throat> They're rare. And it, it makes it, it makes it easy on you guys yeah. too. You ain't got to do any more math. Yeah. It's like, here it is. Here we go. So yeah. I'm looking, I don't know what it's going to generate. It, that is one of one, the prototype, yeah. the unit, the unit that whoever buys it, buys it. Hit, they're going to be ready to end of April 1st of May and he'll, whoever buys that one's getting the first one but that is a absolute prototype and when i tell you the paint's still wet on it the paint is still wet on it so is um is your grandson the famous cranky is he here this hey weekend? look is he I, first thing yeah cranking him they, they had to go to school yesterday they didn't get out they, they i told him i said don't check them out of school they can come in thursday night their mom laureen who produces my podcast i said y'all roll in here we'll get you ready as soon as i saw cranky i went in and gave him a sharpie <laughs> And every time I see him, he's signing somebody's head. He's way more famous than I am, which is cool. You, you know, nothing better to reach young people than a yeah. young person. Peer, peer to peer, right? I, I mean, there's your example. That's your life. You know that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he he handles that well. But who I'm really proud of is his older brother, Matt. And Matt has uh, he's always kind of been in the background in the background and I've had a long talk with him I said the cranky's just popular because he's the littlest one yeah. he's the younger and he gets it yeah, yeah so he helps with all that but yeah they 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 saved money and saved money and saved money to come to this yeah and Cranky turned around to walk off, and his he had his wallet, and it looked like a tennis ball back there. I bet you, I, he's probably got forty one dollar bills in there. But yeah, they're Kid they're, rich. they're out on the floor shopping Good for them. as we speak. What's up, How y'all doing? Did uh did he pull his line before he came, or has he got people maintaining that? Cranky and I went and, and set off all the trucks, oh, good. emptied the bait. Yeah. And we hadn't started doing the uh, canine stuff yet. We had 24 dog proofs out. That's yeah, a lot. That's a lot. For an after-school run. Yeah, yeah. They, they would not let me run them. They, they got to be there. Yeah. We had 24, and we uh, we ran them for seven days. And we were we were uh, 20, 22 nest raiders down in seven days. That ain't bad for my little farm. But we went around and emptied the, the bait and set off all the traps. And as soon as we get home, back at it. And uh, I got... Alan Propes, who's kind of adjoined himself with NWTF, has got a great booth down there. Yep. He's coming back, and we're moving Cranky and Matt into the canine world. They fix, oh. They're grabbing some Duke 550s now. Yeah, they, get they, your sifter and your latex, right. and let's go. We got the stuff. You know all about that. And uh, it's, as you well know, you've been doing it longer than me. It's it's addictive. Completely. Trying to figure that puzzle out. It's... um. I don't. I'm, I'm not even going to try to compare it to turkey hunting because I think they're two different. They're yeah. two different animals completely. But I, I will say this about with trapping is when you start honing it in, and 
like everything that we're talking about this week is, 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 is the storytelling. How do you tell a story? How do you convey a message and communicate to an audience, to a new audience that you're trying to help understand? So this meme of this bumbling, fumbling trapper that mm-hmm. just go out and injures animals and all this, this foolishness that's perpetrated by, you know, anti-trafficking organizations. It's just it's, it's a falsehood one. But it's it, trapping really is an art. You are and you, you boil it down to this. You're getting a very specific animal. On target species with their little itty bitty paw or foot to step on one little spot on the entirety of this planet. It's crazy. When you do that and you show up there in the morning or later on that afternoon and there's there's a raccoon, there's uh, a coyote or a red fox or a gray fox. Like you did that purposely. Your all your research, your intentions made that happen and force a living animal that has its own uh, programming and its own need to live step on that one spot and you got them it's I'm a, impressed by that it, it's pretty incredible and the, you know and Fred you're, you're much younger than me but you know the the golden age right uh, we, we, we the, you know people ask me they start tell me about the good old days and I'll say the good old days are right now you you have no idea mm. but when the when the track you know back in the Late seventies, early eighties, yeah. mid eighties. That's when turkey hunting was at its best. For if you're just into numbers, because there was, you know, the trapping and relocating NWTF did. That was all just now taking seed. That's yeah. why it was so great. But there were so many trappers back then because the pelts were worth a lot of money. In the market, and now not the case. So this this whole let's let's take care of the nest raider thing. The timing was perfect, and there's been some people that have made that very easy. I was scared to death to trap because I was mm-hmm. like, I, I, I'm an outdoors guy. I know what's going on. I didn't know nothing. Yeah. And there wasn't a ton of information. I was scared. I'd, I'd take 50 minutes to set a trap. Yep. And I went with an old trapper. We were shooting him for the Gamekeepers episode. Uh, it, he was 79 years old, and he was just boom, boom, boom. He said, cuss that one and let me watch it. Well, not, now I'm singing for Elvis. I was scared to, <laughs> I was scared to death. And I said it. He's like, hey, cuz, he said, you're putting way too much into this. Because mm. I was kneeling on a mat, changing yep. gloves. Yeah. He said, they know you've been there. Relax. Yeah, yeah. He said, you you said you visually got to make it to where they can't stand. He said, he may come by the third time, but he said, they know you've been they there. Know. And then I had the pleasure of going on a trap line with Alan Probst, yeah. who's got the North American Trapper. He's got a great heat, and he's making starter kits just for these people. It's fantastic. It's it's unbelievable. And if you're if you're not into trapping, hey, I get it. If you're into turkey hunting, you need to, everybody can buy four dog proofs and go put them at your yeah. lease. Yeah. You know, you don't have to own a thousand acres and be a land manager to do some really really good things. Because if you go listen to Mike Chamberlain, who was like y'all's opening one yep. of y'all's opening guests. Uh, Turkey Doc on Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. He is fabulous, and you listen to the 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 data, not not hearsay, science of what nest raiders do to turkey nests. Buddy, you'd be in line buying some dog proof. Yeah, track. he really hit it on that note this morning, didn't he? I couldn't really hear everything backstage, but I did hear some of his speech, and there was an emphasis on that. And look, <clears throat> this audience has heard me talk about this over and over again, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be consistent with it. Trapping is one piece of the puzzle. There are many other things to this. We don't discredit it. We're not speaking ill of it, but know that it's it's 
It's not the end all be all. There's other things we can't control, but it is a fine management tool and one that should be got into by more people. Yeah, I think I think last time you and I talked about this, I, I think New Hampshire, I, I quoted you like it was sub 500. It probably is sub 400 at this point. Licensed trappers. And of those licensed trappers, how many actually go out there and, and practice and do it? Set a trap. Yeah. Sometimes they buy it just to keep the population of licensed trappers up so you don't lose it. Right. Because. Yeah. There's this whole social credit system going on that if you don't have people participating in a pursuit like that, well, they could just legislate it away and then you'll never get it back, which is even more terrifying to me. You need that management tool and you don't want it like in Massachusetts. You spent a beaver trapper. I think they make $350 an hour to come in and live trap a beaver that you could simply go put a 330 out, yeah. put a little willow aspen on the, that conibear. And solve your problem. You get a nice blanket out of it and you get some actual table fare. My producer, Gilbert, over there, uh, he loves cooking beaver shanks and does it quite well. I mean, there's a there's a multi-resource there. It's how long and how far you want to take it and, and find more value in it other than just for what it is. You... Uh, I talked to Mark Drury about it. You guys have seen the fruits of your labor. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's great that you continue to... Um, Put that out there and tell people and the young kids too, really getting them involved and saying this isn't something to be ashamed of. Don't let your friends at school uh, talk down on you. That you're doing, you're doing God's work. Truthfully, you're out there managing the land and, and doing doing so by prescribed by the state agencies. Because those seasons are there for that. <clears throat> I said it in the prayer when we opened the show up. You know, it's we we want to be stewards of your land, not our land. And we live in a different world. And encroachment comes in many different fashions. And not everybody had the luxury of being raised outdoors. Mm -hmm. And so you need to put your arms around everybody and try to explain to them. I mean, you're going to have haters. I get a few sure. haters on sure. my social media stuff. But that's okay. You know, you got to rise above that. Mm -hmm. And that ain't even just trapping. That's in anything. Anything, anything yeah. nowadays. It's crazy. But... I, I got to keep believing that the, the people with common sense who actually put their money and their heart, you know, where their mouth is to do this kind of stuff. I, I think they will eventually win out. Yeah. That's, that's I hope. NWT has been very, very responsible for the Nest Raider attention and bringing that to the forefront because now – you can't you can't scroll through Instagram and I without seeing trapping stuff. Yeah, and you never saw that. My opinion, four or five. No, years you ago. didn't. I think you know we, we referenced the algorithmic overlords earlier. Uh, there's there's some of that going on because they don't they don't want to put it out there. But I also think, and we get back to responsible and good storytelling, that doesn't always have to be this depressed, doughy-eyed looking raccoon all soaking wet and yeah. muddied up looking up at the camera like yeah. there's a responsible way to take a picture in that and I, you know, we we bear that burden. We need to tell that story the right way and you can tell that trapping story and the benefits of it and you just show the equipment yeah. and you know it's, you don't have to do it in such a, a barbaric way. And, mm, I don't even like using that word. You know exactly and the audience knows what I'm talking about. There's a right, right way to represent that mm -hmm. and we're better at it. You're very good at it. Uh, Alan does a great job at it. So, um, you know, why yeah. I was why I was attracted to Alan's method. I met him at a sports show, whatever, four or five years ago. What's uh, Virginia sports? Whatever it is, he had a booth there, and I was just visiting with him. And the show kind of got slow, and I started looking at his stuff on YouTube. All and he's always, I call him Dapper Dan. He's dressed to the tees. <laughs> yeah. He's running that trap line. He yeah. looks like he's fixing to go play 18 holes yeah, of golf. Yeah. Never gets dirty. I don't know how he does that, <laughs> but he's the best teacher 
around. And my grand, the, the grandsons, he, he took them out, did their thing. I was just filming. You know, I was kind of a journalist at that point. But now them boys like Cranky the other day, I handed them both a, a GoPro, said, y'all, y'all do this and film it and let me look at it. And, and and Cranky was like, hey, that's one less nest predator. He was using that kind of lingo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they get it. Yeah. We got to figure out how to get that message to all the kids, not yep. just our kids. Like your kids, they're set. Yeah. My kids are set. Uh, my grandkids are set. We got to figure out how to get that message out there. That, hey, this is good for the environment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we personally, I got a guy that takes all the coons. He, he's waiting for me when we get through the yeah. trap line loves them smokes them does all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and we're taking those hides and they've got their first the first coon piece they call hanging up on the nice wall. awesome That's cool stuff but you know trapping's one of those things back in the day you never talked about no and to me at least in our world now everybody's talking about yep. it yep for sure because thanks for stopping in it's it's a busy slate of uh podcasts galore Turkey vest galore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even, you can hang out if you don't want to go back yeah. through all that. I think to say, you got the best cubby hole I've seen at this show forever. I'm going to be, I'm going to be Fred's best buddy. You can just hang out. Yeah, for about three days. If you, this, this, if you got somebody that hangs you up, text me. I'll run up here and yeah, take we'll, their we'll spot. You. you got it. All right. Cuz, thanks so much. There he is, Cuz Strickland. Thank you to him. And uh, always, thank you to Mossy Oak for being his outstanding partners in the National Church Federation. Have a good show. Joining us next on the program, first timer to the NWTF convention sports show, the uh, proprietor of Blood Origins, Robbie Kroger. Robbie, appreciate you being here, man. Oh, man, I'm humbled and grateful. Always humbled and grateful when someone wants for, to hear us. Fan for many years, and shoot, man, here you are. What do you think of this? Uh, it's a little crazy. crazy. I, I texted my wife this morning. I said, have you been to Opryland before? She's like, yes. I said, this place is crazy. It's got waterfalls inside. It's got yeah. all sorts of atriums. And then, you know, it's funny. I've done all. I've done the show season circuit for three or four, maybe five years now. Yeah, nah, not only five, five years. I've never done NWTF. There's always been a conflict. Yeah, I think Western Hunt used to happen at There's the same time. There's a couple time, of them, right? Yeah. But this time, it's we live in Memphis now, so three hours down the road. So I drove up this morning. I was like, I'll just come for the day. Yeah, yeah nice. And it has each show has a different feel to it, right? And it has a different like cadre of individuals. Sure. There's lots of mossy oak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and lots of beards and lots of you know mustaches and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, uh, it, you know the hallways are tighter, the alleyways are tighter than to other shows. And it's Thursday, eleven o'clock, and it is jammed. In Our moms, it's packed. It's fantastic. It's exciting. There's a there's a there's a spirit about. There is an electricity in the air. Uh, you know, a couple of guests of Barney Pine, You know, it, it, are we two years removed from COVID and finally just right. like feeling comfortable being out? Right. Supply and demand issues are starting to leveling, leveling out with supply chain issues now not being a thing. So now there's a new product on the floor. People are always excited for that. I, I think we are one of the, if not the biggest consumer sports show going. Wow. Um, there's a lot of great stuff out there. No, there's a lot of people on the floor with a lot of great stuff. To, yeah, it's to phenomenal. Sell. And then there's, it's just the, it's a, it's a, it's a culmination of just all good time. Everything's mm-hmm. lining up, mm-hmm. here, right? 50th anniversary going into the next 50 years so yeah there's a there for sure is a buzz and there's just a lot of excitement and you take advantage of that when you, you have it you've got to love turkey calls though because on that floor there's like an, an incessant so so fun fact yeah yeah that's, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that's nothing really so when you walk into that show floor yeah uh used to be on the left hand side that's where our call makers competition used to be so you would hear that non-stop 
oh my from gosh. morning until their sports. So they'd be out there probably four or five hours just before the sports trying show practicing. So they were judging, going through the judging. Oh, oh, and then okay, people okay, that okay. will eventually bid on those calls, right? Because there's an auction component to that. And it's just nonstop. Wow. And it's grown so much that we had to go to an outbuilding. Jeez. And now they have their own building. Gosh. Of, of beautiful calls. I mean, it's, it's artisan. A lot Amazing. of this stuff is beautiful. Amazing. Um, but yeah, so the noise level is not such that it used to be, <laughs> which I'm appreciative of when you have four microphones. Oh, picking for up. sure. 100%. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's an interesting, eclectic collection of individuals, and it's mm-hmm. beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, to, to totally just nerd out on on different calls and feel so empowered to just like, yeah, I'm just going to play my instrument here in the middle of this hall. And that's what it is. Oh, and yeah. everyone's like, man, that sounds great. Where'd you get it? And everyone's, exactly. you know, it's, exactly. just, it's just fun. And that's, if anything we needed right now, I think we need some fun. Mm-hmm. And that's. Yeah. Three, four days of this is is good medicine, I think, for all of us. Oh, yeah, for sure. And yeah. and the stuff that you cover and the stories you tell, I mean, mm. man, it can get depressing sometimes. Yeah, look, the stories that we tell, and and I think that's one of, if, if you had to say, like, Robbie, has anybody critiqued your work? Mm. Has, has anybody, like, said, hey, this is what I think is wrong with Blood Origins? The, the the most common feedback we get is, "Hey, you're so serious. Yeah. You're super super serious." And I'm like, "Serious stuff, right?" Yeah, and then that's my response: is that it is serious, and I think, and I truly believe that there is a component to our hunting industry, our community, us as hunters, that our industry has forgotten about, mm. which is our heart, it's the vulnerability, it's the transparency, it's the authenticity. And to me, that's all very serious. And to be able to capture that from someone sometimes tends on the sadder, emotional type side. Yeah. Um, but that's people's stories. And some people's stories are very lighthearted. Some people's stories are super sad. Some people's stories are triumphant. Mm. And that's we just tell everyone's stories. And how do you go about finding your guests? Because initially, mm-hmm. um, for and forgive me if my memory's incorrect, but I feel like it was there were some industry heavy hitters, some yeah. well knowns. Yeah. And, and what I love the the evolution of Blood Origins is who the hell is that? Exactly. And it's wonderful. Well, and that's I the still point. see some people that that's I know. The point. I had to. I had to in the beginning. I had to find some heavy hitters. Yeah. That would lend credence to what we do. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. Sure. But my entire plan was to mainstream Blood Origins to a point where, so, you know, one Blood Origins episode, hopefully that's coming, is with Natalie Eva Marie, which is a WWE yep. superstar. Yeah, yeah. Five million people on Instagram. Yeah, just yeah. became a hunter. I saw that recently on Cam Haynes's. Yeah, Cam, she was on Cam Haynes's podcast. Yeah. She hunted elk in New Mexico with the Montana Knife Company guys. And I reached out and I said, man, you, you know, kudos. Thank you. Thank you for one, you know, welcome to the tribe. For sure. Two, thank you for posting about your hunt and showing people that you are willing to be a hunter. And she even went one step further, which was quite amazing. Peter got onto her post and said they felt the way that she captioned one of her posts was as if she did not kill the elk. Mm. And Peter was like, oh, thank you so much for not taking the life of that animal. And she responded to Peter saying, no, thank you to you because of your unveiling of animal husbandry practices and how, how it made me so sick to my stomach. I decided I needed to become a hunter. No kidding. Thank Good you, Peter. Yeah. 
right back at you. And so those are the kinds of stories we want to get into. We want to get yeah. into the mainstream guys that are your WWE superstars, your surfers, your, you know, the Chris Pratt's of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of people that are not going to walk around NWTF. No. no, I'm with you, man. Like when I started doing this podcast for NWTF uh, six years ago now, like that's my mind went to the same place like Correct. it's easy to tap in and you need to you have to you have to tap into your community because there's authentic voices out there that uh, support and are great stories to tell yep but there is power in getting a chris pratt a james hetfield 100 uh you know people even a freaking zuckerberg i mean that's that's one of my white whales mm-hmm. i'd love to sit down with him yeah, yeah i yeah. want to hear why you like to hunt. Hunting's cool. Yeah. Because you do. Yeah. I hope you get them. Oh, man. We're like, we're one degree of freedom away from a Chris Pratt. We're one degree of freedom away from a James Hetfield. Yeah. We're playing in those circles now. That's awesome. Which is amazing. It's sort of really humbling to know that we're that close. You know, a one degree of freedom away from a Ronda Rousey who yeah. hunts. Yeah. Um, Important stories. Yeah. And, and we feel like we've created the platform for those bigger individuals to say, yes, we'll talk to you. Yeah. Because we're not, you know, in your face, trophy pictures, right. trophy hunting, stuff that could get out there. We're very much gray in the middle. Yes, you're going to say you hunt, but we're not going to show any of the kill. We're not going right. to show any of that because you don't need to. It's assumed. It's assumed. Yeah, we don't need to. Exactly. Yeah. You don't need to. I think it's uh, some of the uh, more famous sports figures I've had the pleasure of sitting down with. I always feel like it's um, sort of a relief, these, these, these conversations. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in your training regimen. I'm not. I don't care what your coach says about you. All the sports talk radio crap that comes with your profession. I'm not going to ask you anything. Talk to me about the stuff you're passionate about. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 calming for them. It's a relief. Like, yeah, man, I'd love to sit down and tell you about my hunting lease in Georgia and the quail we go out and hunt and the birds mm-hmm. we the dogs we hunt with. Mm-hmm. Cool, because I want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. I know what you do for a living. I, I, I watch it and consume it. Yeah. Yeah, storytelling, you know, we should be the best storytellers in the world from yeah. a hunting industry perspective. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like the industry has pigeonholed itself into like, this is how we storytell. Yeah through the outdoor channel through the sportsman's channel and that's great you know they do really good stuff for the hunting community but we've we've forgotten about like okay but what does the outside world see us like what does the non-hunting majority see hunting as or hunters to be and we need to make sure that that pr for those non-hunting that non-hunting majority is is sound is showcasing a side of us that we need to show and it, it's important enough because that non-hunting majority block is the biggest voting block in this country. 80%, man. And they're going to either keep hunting as a lifestyle around. They're going to vote in you know, the right to hunt amendments uh, in the legislative process across the country. It's, it's important. We've forgotten about our PR. But now I think a lot of people are now like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 we need to really step up. I think your brand and there's others that are starting to break the mold. I, you know, certainly aim to try to do that within my construct of, of this program. But yeah, not to be a meme, not to be a meme of a 23 minute NASCAR esque television show where you're just constantly dropping names. Mm-hmm. Like that's boring. We've mm-hmm. been there, we've done that. It had its place in time. It established uh, the groundwork for a great many of networks so that people could have outlets. But look, I can pick this thing up and like, like Helen. Uh, Cho and I were talking about this morning on the stage. I'm a content creator instantly. It just depends on my audience and if they want to consume it and 
ultimately that, that biggest responsibility of my storytelling is up to me. I don't have sponsors, you know, for the individual. Sure, sure. So in, in considering what you were just talking about, that that big, big round 360 picture is how how do you want to represent it? You know, if you're sitting down with your grandmother and you want to tell her about your first ever turkey hunt, how are you going to represent you know, that? How do you tell that story? So that she's like, wow, little Johnny, that's really great. Mm-hmm. I want to hear more about your turkey mm-hmm. hunting adventures. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You do a great job at that. I, I've, I've well, loved seeing that. it come along in the evolution. And I, I hope to continue to be like, who is that person? Yeah. Because then it's, we're, we are a small community, but we're not that small. Like there's a lot of people out there that, that are doing what we're doing uh, as far as participating in, in, in the hunting pursuits and shooting sports. Like there is an interest. And I think given the opportunity and, and a platform, people like you, you know, and even Marie or some of these, these mm-hmm. superstars. Uh, yeah, they want to do it. Yeah. They, just need, they just need help like everyone else. Well, I think they also Barriers just need they need they need they need friends that are going to say, hey, yes, you're going to get some, you're going to get some backlash. Yeah. But if you do it the right way yeah. and you put the right narrative out there, number one, you're going to mitigate it. Yep. But number two, you'll be amazed at the positivity that the comes from the there. support yeah. that comes out of the community for someone like you to say, yes, I hunt. Yes, I am a hunter. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, it was surprising at her specifically. It was surprising to see her. I don't know why it was surprising. It just, just was. I hadn't seen her on the product, the television show, in so many years, and then all of a sudden here she was, and she was championing my thing. So for me, it was like I've always been a wrestling fan since I was a little kid. Yeah, I've not always hunted, but that was so special to see someone with her celebrity and platform to do that. I was like, you're hitting a different chord here, and and same thing. It's like. Well, with lots of different people, I think it was hitting a different yeah. chord, right? Yeah. And yeah, there's lots great. of like, you know, Sarah Rowe is a, a wrestler, WD wrestler, who's just gotten back into WWE. She's a big hunter. Her husband, Eric or Raymond Rowe, is a big hunter too. There's lots of them. You just don't know it. Those, well, exactly. And that's that's the part where you're talking to, you know, the air finger quote, non-endemics. And I really, I really just don't like framing that, but I have to communicate it that way so people understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They're not non-endemics. People have been hunting since we existed. Time memoriam. Our teeth are shaped a certain way. Are we walk and move a certain way for a reason? Like we're we're built to hunt, and and we need to eat protein. So to say a color of a person, a sex of a person, you know, all these things we put labels on in, in 2023, like go back 2,000 years, man, because none of that mattered. No one was talking about that. They're like, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty, yeah. and I don't want to be eating myself. Yeah. So this is very natural for us to do it. I think it's the contrary. I think it's unnatural that 80% are sitting in their middle deciding if they like it or not. Mm-hmm. I think I think more of those 80%, again, clear a barrier for entry or just start a conversation. I think more of them come in. It's just a, it's a sign of the times, right? It's a sign of the industrial revolution. It's a sign of urbanization. It's a sign of just changing society. And we just got to, we've got to roll with the punches. We've got to roll with how things are changing and shape our narratives accordingly. I think the biggest narrative that is almost in our corner, in our favor, that's becoming more and more prevalent every day is the whole locavore movement yeah. and so- sourcing your own food and sourcing, you know, it locally and within a certain mileage radius of where you live now that ties very very well to to hunting and what hunting does and why people hunt so and and, and now with potential alien spacecraft and <laughs> balloons and you know, all this crazy stuff that's oh, you know man. it's like it's like it's all happening it's all happening at once uh it would behoove an individual to learn how to source their own food because 
Uh, well, what, especially what from COVID, see? right? Yeah, like all of a sudden there was no meat, there was no water, there was no right. milk. Right. And the people built up in these uh, uh, built up environments were they were they were screwed. Well, they just they didn't know how to do it. You got to go out and hunt pigeons or rats. Well, and that's why we saw such a massive spike in in hunting license sales and hunters being interested. And we've had a bit of a drop off in 2021, 2022, but it hasn't gone back down to zero. No, it's still up from. 2019 which is great to see and um yeah i've got a hypothesis about the whole like baby boomer sort of booming out and our population hunting population dying out i think we're going to see an almost a, cycl- a cyclical trend yeah. kind of scenario yeah, yeah. i think if you look at this show and western hunt expo if you look at the age demographic that's walking around the show same as western hunt expo it's a 35 to 45 year old age class yeah. it's not the 60 it's not the baby boomer mm-hmm. age class that's walking around here yep you're right and so i think that yes we're going to see a tail off of that that peak but you're going to see another peak come through yeah. it's almost like a wave cycle yeah I, um, i'd buy into that for sure um you've covered issues here in north america you've covered issues yeah. in uh africa yeah where is your focus now just more of those those what i, what I hear i've termed like who is that person story or are you are you continuing to cover no, that so that's sides? how we started right that was our core and it's still going to be our core telling hunters stories and we're going to embed a little bit more with hunters now on i want our our stories to become richer i want our stories to feel more and so to, to be able to do that means that we have to spend more time with the individual. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do more of that. But we're getting more into bigger documentaries about you know the benefits of the action. So the impacts and consequences of hunting. Um, so we've got a big Lion Houndsman documentary coming out of the oh. West coming, which is going to be probably the number one period Houndsman piece that anyone's ever filmed. Because we filmed awesome. five different families all chasing lions but they were never hunting lions right and so it's a relationship between the houndsman and, and his dog and her dog we've got two badass female lion houndsmen too in the film awesome. um and that's going to be a different distribution model we're going to try and put it into cinemas and, and theaters and invite people invite press to see like hey come learn and see and understand who a lion houndsman actually is yeah, yeah. um and then we become the spear tip, as you mentioned. We become the spear tip to any hunting issue that's happening anywhere in the world. So if something's happening, people look to us yeah. and say, what is Robbie saying about it? What is Blood yeah. Origins going to say about it? And how is he speaking about it? And let me get the facts from him. Let's get the truth from him. Let's get seeds of information that then we can use, you can use, the community, community can use to then push their own narrative their own message their own pushback on the issues it's a heavy responsibility how do you feel about that oh it it is and we're the only you know we're we're a face and a voice which is very different in our space no there's not really a face or a voice in nwtf um it's a different style of organization obviously to what we are but when you put a face and a voice it, it carries some weight we're able to send bullets because we can say what we want. Sure, sure. We can do what we want. Yeah, yeah. But we also take bullets. Yep. And yeah. so, and we take a lot of bullets. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, and that's okay because when, pe- when we take the bullets, especially through like social media, everyone can see us taking the bullets yeah. and they can see us respond on how we respond yeah. to taking those bullets. Right. We don't, you know, we don't respond in kind. Like if we're going to get called, I think I got called a fascist yesterday. Oh, wonderful. Um, or, and everything, you know, you name it. Under the sure. sun, we get called. Um, but we don't respond in kind. We respond in like, okay, this is, <laughs> hey, you have a full right to your opinion sure. about who you think I am. 
but let me tell you who I am. Yeah. And here's the Or response. if at all you you want you, I mean, there's to take the power away from the internet troll is it can be very artistic in how well, you do it. We right? love it, man. We, we, <laughs> we, we turn belligerent individuals yeah. every single day yeah. to say, oh, thank you for uh, now yeah. I understand. And oh, that makes it that makes a little bit more sense now. Yeah. Like, OK, thank you. You're doing great work. I do appreciate uh, linking up and, and making the time. We had a little extra time here, so that worked out. Um, I wish all the best. Yeah, it's thank you, my man. to meet you. Humbled. And um, it, Thank we got a lot invite. of work. We got a lot of work to do. Oh, and, yeah. and all of us being on the same team um, and being willing to come to the table and talk about differences mm-hmm. or matters of opinion or uh, science even. It's, this is what's going to take NWTF, Blood Origins, everyone sure. that's got a vested interest in this in the next 50 years and then work within those cycles and hopefully find a consistency. That's right. That's right. So congratulations. No, I, I look forward to everything you're doing. Thanks, Thanks Brady. Cheers, mate. Hey guys, this is Aaron with The Hunting Public. Each spring we head to the woods chasing turkeys and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend if you're a spring turkey hunter spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com. Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. Nomad is proud to be a supporting sponsor of the National Wild Turkey Federation and their podcast hosted by my longtime buddy, Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. Uh, you just heard from him here recently on the, the, the program, a longer interview. Uh, Alan Stewart uh, out of Michigan with the uh, Nimrod Education Center joins us live in, in the flesh here at the Gaylord Aubreyland Convention Center and the NWTF Convention and Sports Show. Welcome, sir. Hey, great thank you so you. much for having me. Yeah, this is pleasure. great. Our last conversation was outstanding. And oh, well, here we are. 50 yeah. years. What do you think? You know, it went by fast. Yeah. <laughs> How's this for a Thursday? Oh yeah, there's lots of people here. Yep. You know the 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 booth. You know the the convention floor is full, and it it always amazes me. You know it's like building a better mousetrap. How many ways can you build a better turkey call? Whether it's a slate or box call. Yeah. And there are hundreds of people who are doing it. Yeah. They're trying to do it. Just out there now. If you go out. And across the street to the event center where all the competitive call making is at. Yeah. And he, oh. Those mousetraps get even more involved, right? Oh, oh they're beautiful. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they are they, works of art. They're works of art. No, there's yeah. no other way. The Oldhams and the Constantines that are out there, they are, <laughs> they're functioning, uh, but they are works of art. I would. Yeah. Uh, 
they added a they added an art category I think this year for like um, carving. So like the Constantines, okay. and the Oldhams. So it didn't have to be a a working call. Okay. It was just a beautiful sculpture. Oh, so yeah. they added that. But it's yeah, we went over there went over there yesterday to see some of the setup, some of the judging, and it's just a it, it never disappoints oh, if you're into that thing. And well, it, it's just hard not to be. Yeah, I mean, if you like, you're here because you like turkeys a little yeah, bit, you yeah, know. For sure. <laughs> and you look and it's just, I look at those and just say. How many hours right. went into doing that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it, folks again, that can just, do it. It's it's a talent. Oh. It's like a good taxidermist, you know. If they oh can, yeah. There's all, I always judge a taxidermist on their ability to do uh, bobcat faces and oh. eye sets and yeah. and coyotes. I feel like most people can get away with rudimentary uh, rudimentary. You know what I'm saying here? I'm, I'm stumbling over my words. <laughs> I need water. Uh, doing a white-tailed deer. Most people can get into that, figure that out. Yeah. But the real art is setting small mammals' faces. Oh, There's yeah. So many people that are very good at deer, large game, they can't do that, right? Same thing with call makers. You can get someone to go out there and make a very crude turkey call. That will kill turkeys. Oh, yeah. But one that sings like an instrument and is fine-tuned like an instrument. It's like a violin. It's, I mean, it's, it's it, just There's like an appreciation that. there. And it's, it's when people are, are here or if you didn't make it this year and you come next year, you got to... You got to check that out because it's a great subculture of our turkey culture. Oh, it, it, it is. And, you know, when you're talking about taxidermists, to me, the, the the way you judge a taxidermist is if they can do a turkey. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing, nothing worse than a bad turkey. <laughs> than a poorly yeah. done turkey. Yeah. And there's nothing more beautiful. Right. Than a turkey by an artist. There, it seems like know. there's a handful of them throughout the country that really got it on lock like they, they understand what they, they're doing they they know what they're doing and they do great you know yeah. great job i mean Callie's one of those people who just knows how to yeah. do great work with turkeys yeah. yeah 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 so so what's going on with you and you're at this convention your son's over here uh to my my left uh, observing so you got family in town what are you what are you guys yeah, doing yeah so chris is here he's on the state board of the national wild turkey federation in michigan awesome so, oh good so when when we're talking about turkeys in the 50th year it's uh you know I've, I've been thinking about it and you know i i've i've been involved with this uh like 50 years yeah you know so it's it's been fun to see how things have moved you know rob keck was a you know a core person with nwtf mm-hmm. and really helping to move that forward and i remember when he was a turkey caller and fox track trapper right. from from pennsylvania yep. you know and uh when he first came i mean i remember when rob Keck first came and was hired by nwtf yeah. that's kind of you know those are the fun things or you know dr james earl kenimer who mm-hmm. helped with the research stuff sure. I, I remember when they hired him as someone to do research you know so uh it's then been my pleasure and kind of honor to be part of the program in and out yeah you know, uh, I, I in my early part of coming here for the technical committee, you know, Wild Turkey Technical Committee, um, th- there was another turkey biologist in Michigan, but he knew I had an interest, so he always sent me. Yep. So I, I got to come that way, and then you know later in my career, I was you know the formal. That seems to rep. be a thing still amongst the state agencies where you have a turkey biologist. But there are also the upland biologists and the small game biologists. And you start digging in, you're like, are you really a turkey person? Because in my world, I feel like that needs to be your entire focus. Yeah. Now, we are lucky. At least where I live, we do have a turkey biologist. Yeah. yeah. She is. She's great. Ate up in it, and she understands it, and she knows it, and she's, you know, not doing other stuff. But 
Uh, so going forward, I guess this is a great segue into this. You know, as we talk about in the next 50 years, the NWTF yeah. and research and where the populations go and what hunting looks like, what our community looks like, you know, it's, 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 it bears to, to acknowledge that, you know, having, having people at the state agencies, the professionals be focused on the bird and yeah. not have all the extras, I think is yeah. important. Yeah. But I'm just a guy with a microphone. So yeah, well, no, I think mean, I think, it's, I, I think it's important, but I'm not sure we have that luxury a, That's anymore. Right, right? I mean, you used to be the, the duck biologist, used to be the so, deer biologist, and, and, and there wasn't a turkey biologist. Right. There was a pheasant or an right. upland biologist, right, right. and then all of a sudden, kind of turkeys came onto the scene and then there was some research there was restoration so you had to have someone that yeah. would you know be part facilitate of that facilitate the releases yes, and all exactly that. Right. just kind of coordinate things and 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 plan where you wanted to be with turkeys in yeah. your state you know and then the turkey federation was wise very wise in the initial startup of this organization to say okay for turkeys who who really makes the decisions on what's going to happen on the landscape. Yeah. And it's the state biologists, yeah. the state department of natural research. They make that decision and NWTF can, can help assist, be a partner, but they, they can't legally go out and right. catch birds and move That's birds. Right. And so right, right out of the shoot, they set up a technical committee and build off the model that say like ducks unlimited had for, mm. G generating interest and funds for doing work but then what the turkey federation did was brought in the actual people who were responsible for it on the ground made them a technical the technical sure. committee and then accepted or questioned them and what where do we need to go what do we need to do and then help give them you know that funding for responsibility or the work they wanted to do. So I, I remember in some of those meetings, we would sit and, and uh, as a state, you would have to put forward a proposal to NWTF for, for limited dollars. There wasn't sure. a lot. Right. And, and then um, you were, your proposal was judged by your peers. Mm. And it's probably that, pre super fun days, right? It, well, it was, it was like, yeah. The infancy the, of that. The infancy of yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, so then you, you know, you went through all of that right. and, and that's how some of that first research work began. Yeah. And that's how some of the work then went forward with, uh, you know, the restoration side of it. Mm -hmm. But that, that was a great move because the states were then directly linked to the organization, mm -hmm. directly linked. And um, so what better way to have, um, you know, some of the top authorities on turkeys be part of your staff. You don't have to pay them. I mean, it, you know, it's, it it's, it's a partnership. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then as, you know, as it as the organization evolved, then NWTF began to hire their own biologists. Mm -hmm. then, then they were able to focus on very specific things uh, to, to work, you know, working yeah. with Forest Service and working with states. And then, you know, as you're talking about the, the really uh, key in on the, the, the you know, the, the super fun side of it. Sure. And so that it, it's just really evolved. In an exceptional way, yeah. and and unique way, and I'm, you know, again, I'm I'm just uh, honored that I was, be, you know, able to yeah. be working in this field at the time these things happen. Magical time, for yeah. Sure. Always ma magically, you know, you, you took a landscape that had, for the most part, no turkeys on right. it. You you reintroduced turkeys into prime habitat. You restored them. 
and you know the populations increased and so it it truly truly is the you know the the top conservation story you know in the country yeah there's there's a lot of very good ones yeah but this is one that that stands out for sure and you know going forward into the future you know we have to look at how do we how do we continue to maintain these resources and you know it's about habitat and it's you know management and you know, harvest is some as small aspects sure. of that too. So yeah, go. So I wanted to go back to my question about you know uh, a delegated person, a specific person that has an interest in the bird itself yeah. at the agency, right? So this last year when I was at the Turkey Symposium in, in Asheville, North Carolina, it was for me it was a treat. You know, kind of see behind the scenes of how the wildlife professionals work together. And what I noted was they were also very young. Yes, you had. You had your Dr. Chamberlain in there and you had your stalwarts in there uh, of today's turkey research and the people that a lot of the folks here look to Mm -hmm. for information and and, and science and facts and data. But I noticed like everyone seemed to be sub 40 or sub even 35. Yeah. And that was encouraging to me. It's like, wow, look at all these people. And even to that point, some of the stalwarts remarked that, wow, we've never seen such a young crowd and so many people that were turkey specific professionals which gives me great hope and i'm hoping that 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 fans out and gets into all the agencies and you know we can really with the partnership that you you know you've talked about and 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 illustrated so well that that takes us through the next 50 years and that's that's kind of what that looks like and and we get very specific information and results and hopefully the results are for the better i don't personally think turkeys are going anywhere based on conversations i've had with those people it will wane. It will be challenging in certain areas of the country because of other effects. But um, anyway, it's encouraging to see the youth movement and to see people that are very focused on that bird. Yeah. So you have to look at the the, the field of wildlife management is right. one of the youngest fields in the sciences. Mm. And so, I mean, Ella Leopold, I mean, all these are 30s kind of. Sure. Say, say pre-World War Two, and then. You know, I mean, Pittman Robinson, that was, that's just a so recent young. fun. Yeah. You know, Dingle Johnson, those are just recent Didn't even funds. exist back in that, what you yeah. said. And yeah, and right. so, so what, what you're seeing now is after World War II, agencies then, after Pittman Robinson was in place, sure. there was some money to hire right. people. Right. So after World War II, people came back. There were some of these key jobs as wildlife biologists. So then you look at, like, um, a time frame of say 30 years, 25, 30 years. Yep. So after World War II, there's that cohort of people who go through the system. In about the 1970s, 60s, they, they kind of retired. They did retire in the 70s until you know recently. That's that next cohort of people. Right. I was part of that sure. 1970s group. Um, and so yeah, you're seeing, you know, this this changing of the guard. Yeah. And younger folks, you know, I mean. As I look at it, younger folks, but oh, yeah. but it, even to it, me, they were younger <laughs> folks. Looking like holy smokes, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you look like you just got off the baseball team, dude. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm so they, you you. Know, they're smarter than me by far. <laughs> oh, they're, they're turning out some exceptional wildlife, yeah. you know, professionals. professionals. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 you know, they're getting their masters, their PhDs, mm-hmm. and and they're they're going through that system. And so, I'm really invigorated, you know that. 
that, that we're seeing this. And I mean, yeah. just a little while ago, in a, you know, one of the sessions, I, I was meeting up with with some of the folks, and yeah. you know, talking to some of the old guard were there that are transitioning through, and uh, um, then these newer people that are you know coming on, and it's it's part of this, you know, being welcoming, you know, as as someone who's been in it, being welcoming to new people sure you know helping to mentor them yep you know and passing that baton on mm -hmm. to that next generation of you know exceptional thinkers for sure you know that that have this love for wild turkeys or you know wild game period yeah. well that's you know that's part of the theme this this week is celebrating who we are the last 50 years but what does the next 50 look like and look yeah. into the future yeah. and this is the springboard for that and um i think we're in I, good I, hands yeah i love hearing your testimony on it i'm glad you're encouraged and you're excited because it validates i think a bit of my excitement coming from your great resume um real quick anything special happening at work for you at the nimrod center well, well you know it it, it it it's it's great to be looking at this and, and and it's a reoccurring theme from you know what we talked about this morning of introducing people yeah. just to the concept of who pays for conservation sure you know and again the the, the nimrod nimrod program at hillsdale college is you know the, the mission is to inform the public about the contributions that hunters anglers and you know target shooters mm -hmm. uh, contribute to conservation and that's really saying here's what pippin robinson dollars do here's what dingle johnson dollars do and here's this large community that that they just love wildlife you know and they're willing to give out of their own pockets yeah to do this, let alone buy a hunting license and participate. Exactly you know, right. So there's so much there. And a lot of people don't understand who's really giving, who's nope. really paying for conservation. And, and, and it's a, you know, we need to get that message out more and we need to do it through many different I feel media like activities. All the agencies to get on the, at least one page. And when they do put their abstracts or their, their digest together every year with the new rules, Pittman Robinson explanation, Dingle Johnson explanation needs to be like the front two pages. Yeah. Not who the executive director is and, you know, your, your chain of command. Most people, I'm okay. I'm not really, yeah. unless yeah. you're in it, you care. But everybody out there, yeah. I just want to go hunt fish and trap. And But that education is, you need to know that so that you can help support and have a, a skin in the game, right? That's what we talked about. Yeah, last and that's time. what we talked about last time, Fred. And that's... And the, the the sort of disappointing side sometimes is that hunters and anglers don't know their own story. Exactly. They, they don't know Time that. Has and passed. And like in the in in the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, in in their hunting guide, they have exactly what you're talking That's about. Good. Here's here's what Pittman Robinson is about. Here's what Dingle Johnson is about. And you know some nice graphics that help you. Great job, you know, Michigan. Take, take take you through that. But yeah, we need to do more of it. But yeah. but we need to. That's talking to our friends that are, you know, the, the segment of the, you know, food and, and hook and bullet side. Right, right. And we, now we need to. The 80 you know, percenters. Or, yeah, we need to organize the next yeah. part of you this. You like the going out group. for walks in the meadows yeah. and looking at migrating monarchs and song sparrows over there. Guess what? All that's because of. Not that we're tooting our horn, but it's important for you to understand oh, that. Right. Yeah. And we'd love you to be a part of it. Come on in. Yeah. And so. <laughs> You know, it's like Helen was talking about. Gee, I'm from New York. I'd never been exposed to this. Yeah. I helped, you know, help do the, the, you know, the the video side of it, the camera side of it, yeah. and I was just amazed and sucked into it. Yeah. I mean, she loved it, you know, and it's obvious that she, she's fantastic. She she loved it, but it, you know, those those are the stories. Those are the messages yeah. that we need to somehow, yeah, you know, communicate and and get out 
out there and it's you know when you when you're out there for your walk you don't hunt or fish but when you're out there for your walk and you see that eagle fly over that represents this country sure you see it fly over now that species was was an endangered species you know and, and, and you know almost gone from this country our national yeah symbol and and you know now it's not even listed right. and why did that happen that happened because no you're not going to hunt eagles but it happened because hunters and anglers contributed money that helped in, in essence preserve or improve manage habitat the mm-hmm. landscape sure. that all things can kind of live in so yeah. it was managed for a huntable species and, and other species here's a residuals took, yeah took advantage of yeah. it and then prospered. And that's a great part about our NWTF story that I love talking about to people that don't know. So you work for the Turkey Federation. You're just about turkeys. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, specifically, I love the turkey and I love pursuing it. But let me tell you about all the cool stuff because of our work, the things you get to enjoy. You had no idea. And you start connecting those dots. The light goes off over their head. And they're like, I had no idea. Great. Let's keep talking. Yeah. Didn't know. Didn't even. That's I mean, it, not even didn't even click. I mean, it wasn't didn't even, even know it existed. It wasn't even on. All right. You know, the, the, those fall into the category, you know, you don't know the things you don't know. That's exactly it's right. right there. Yep. And, and it's important. And everybody likes to be outdoors. And, you know, COVID proved that more than yes, anything. It's like, wow, it's important to get out and just take a breath of fresh air. It's in our makeup. It's part of our, our physical flesh. Yeah. Like it's it's the fabric of who we are. Yep. Yes, sir. As people, yep. as humans. And uh, we've been hunting and, and fishing for as long as we've been on, on this planet. planet. Alan Stewart. I appreciate you, sir. Thanks so much for coming in, sharing time. Enjoy the show. Nice to meet your son, Chris. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for everything. Uh, Oh, thank you. Enjoy the show. Thank you. All right. Day one continues here at the NWTF Convention and Sports Show, and I'm joined by just two wonderful people. You guys heard them uh, earlier um, on the the program for a longer uh, interview. Uh, Matt Hughes, Sandy Brady. Step into the booth. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank good, you. Good to be here. G- g- great to be here. And I, I like this convention because everyone is a, a nice person. Yeah. No, it's there is a we've been talking about with every guest. There is an electricity in this building today. And it's everything from this morning, you know, even since last night, people lining up out here for that Mossy Oak Fox Fest uh, and just everything around it to so the call makers. And, and let's face it, sometimes call makers can. Maybe Grussell a little bit here and there, maybe, right? They're all smiles and happy and great to see everybody. And it's just, it's it for a Thursday. I mean, this is just, this is crazy, huh? So I've been back at the calling contest. So yeah. I haven't stepped really out, but there's a lot of people here. I was shocked to see the hallways full. And like I said, there's electricity. You see people talking and the chitter and the chatter and all that kind of stuff. Matt, you've been out on the floor signing autographs and talking to people. How's it been out there? I, I like this, this convention because everyone is just so happy. They're walking with the buddies and they're just having a good time. I love seeing I love seeing smiles on people. Yeah, and that's smiles, endless smiles here. And I mean, if you can think about it, Friday, I mean, people took work. Kids, there's kids everywhere here. Like kids took off school, work. Saturday, this place is going to come unglued. I think. I was told at one point earlier there was a tornado warning <laughs> and people are still coming out. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good show. So, um, you've been relegated to upstairs, which is great. I appreciate you being there, but you haven't been out on the floor. So I can't really ask you about the, 
the hap hap happenings out there. Not yet. But I know it's been just. How does this compare to you know you've been doing this for a while? How's this compared to past years? When I walk out in the hallway on a Thursday, there's never that many people mm. in a hallway like that. It's always a happy group of people right here. Um, but like you said, that electricity, it's kind of flowing to the 50th year. Uh, the NWTF has got a lot of gas going on right now. I mean, it's kind of like full throttle and, yeah. and growth is happening. So, and people know that and they see that. So there's a lot of excitement. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, that's that's a great word, exciting. And it's going to continue right through. Um, I went over to the Callmakers competition uh, in the Outbuilding Event Center because that's just expanded and grown so much. We had to go into another building. I saw a lot of your artwork over there. What? I I guess I didn't really appreciate. I mean, I knew some years back when you had started um, Sandy uh, making the the trophies, and then I think the first thing you did was the the turkey's prayer, turkey hunter's prayer, right? That showed up in our core package. That even when I was still a regional director fundraising, there is an immense amount of work that goes in just for this. Never mind the other things you support. What is that like? Um, it's probably a good thing that I'm really ADD <laughs> because I'm able to work on so many different projects yeah. at one time. Uh, I'm a one man army with what I do. Yeah. Um, in this project right here for the NWTF 50th convention, the awards that I do, which are the call making, the taxidermy, and then the calling right. competition, I started in March of last year. Oh, my. And now not straight through, but uh, in these awards, I've got around 1,650 hours. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. I don't draw things out to, to create them. I just kind of I pray about it and yeah. things come up and it's pretty cool stuff that, that happens. And I think this year I've been able to bring the best stuff that I've ever been able to create. Um, well, you you can and that's looking at some of those. The, I call them artwork because they are pieces of art. You can tell like you hit a, a, a strain of inspiration, and like all of a sudden a deer shed. Like, and I assume you found this deer shed shows up on a, a big award, and you know there's just all these these details, and it's like I, I don't know. It's like it's just, you just don't draw that up, like you said. Like you were inspired, something something speaking to you, and like this is gonna look great here, and. For the person that's going to take that trophy, I mean, that's pretty special. That's not like a, here, here's a, a cup, you know, a fake golden cup. You know, I'm, I've, I've been very blessed. Uh, I was able to work with a very world-renowned artist by the name of Bob Timberlake, which is close to my hometown, and he's been a family friend, and he gave mm. me some inspiration, but... Here at the Turkey Federation, collaborating with people like Dave Constantine, yeah. Tim Odom, Melissa Ball, Dustin Dottilio, Scott Bronca, yeah. um, Jeannie Adams, just different folks that I've been blessed to work with, and we all have different styles, mm -hmm. but I'm able to take their artwork. Yeah. Uh, one thing, I don't know if you know this or not, Fred, but some people say, what kind of laser engraver do you use with this? I don't laser engraver. You don't laser. No, everything that I do is 100% hand done. That's amazing. That's what makes it so special. Yeah, it's it's different. And uh, no, and I'm not begrudging anyone that's got you know oh, CNC me, machines no. or anything. Trust me, there's days I wish <laughs> I did. So, uh, no. 
I'm blessed to do it. It's been a, a wonderful opportunity that the NWTF has provided me. And, and I know there'll be a day that, uh, you know, somebody will come up with something that's better. And, and you know, until that day happens, I, I just want to continue trying to, to do what I can. And they've given me opportunity. Yeah, well, that's awesome. It's a great partnership. And, and uh, both both parties are, are seem very happy about it. So I'm glad for you. We got Matt. We got I, Matt I actually just, trying to. Uh, he's going to help me. We've talked about doing a UFC Sportsman of the Year award, which, you know, you've got a guy right here that has fought back from basically the gates of hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and create an award. He's already a woodworker, by the way. Oh, well, that's what I was going to turn and ask. Like, is he starting to put you to work yet? No, no. Not yet. I, I don't know how to make a few things in a workshop, but I'm I'm no no artist. Artist in a different way, maybe. He he is. He's got some creativity. Yeah, he's yeah. a pretty humble guy. You know? Yeah, he is. When you're around, and I get to, I'm very blessed that our friendship has grown <clears throat> to what it is. But Matt's just a humble, laid back country boy. Yeah. That um, loves people, loves to see people smile, and uh, I would have to say my best qualities. I love having people. If I see someone drop something, I I love to go down and pick sure. it up and give it to them. Just so I, I, I God made me to where I want to to help help people. And I just and correct me if I'm wrong. I think I saw. At least on your Instagram, you were doing something to help out with some fighters, a fundraiser, or benefit. You want to talk about that? Is that still happening? I don't want to make sure I got it right, or at least talk about it. It, it, it just a little se- seminar. It all came to me somewhat free, so I tried to get back to, to the, the the next group yeah. of fighters. And if people are wondering why my speech is a thousand percent. I was hit by a train five, yeah. five years ago, so yeah. I. I they said it's the worst brain in your possible. So my brain still doesn't connect with sure. my mouth sometimes. Oh, it's, it's it's good to bring it up. I just assume that the audience knows that. Maybe shame on me for not reiterating that. But yeah, uh, on our longer interview that we had a little bit, bit time ago, we covered that. And, uh, look, you're a fixture on the floor. I've seen you walking around you know, on Tuesday, Wednesday. Here we are Thursday. So. Um, you know, it's it's nothing short of remarkable your recovery and the the, the fact that you're able to have a, an attitude the way you do and be just such a humanitarian and wanting to help people and then you know help your fighting community still and be involved in that is is fantastic. I'm curious about the fighting community because honestly, I, it's not a community I know uh, intimately. Are there a lot of sportsmen in it? I know of, of a handful, but is is that does that vein run very deep in the fighting community? Uh-huh. I, I think it does. Of course, you always going to have bad people that are just there for money or mm-hmm. popularity, but there's a, a great number of, of good people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandy, have you have you seen any of that in your experience? Um, I haven't been around many fighters. Yeah, you know, and I'm still to this day I've never watched a fight. I've watched some of Matt's uh, reels and that kind of yeah. thing. You know. Uh, but I guess what the the question that Fred's are there many hunters, Matt, that are that are fighters? There, there are, are a couple of hunters, but I would say over fifty one percent is not a hunter. Yeah. But huh. the, the, 
throw a cup in and smell the coffee someday. <laughs> yeah, you hope. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's certainly a, a very diverse community, right? There's people of all. Ba- I, when I look at it, I kind of liken it to my military experience. Just people from all over the country, the world coming into this thing for one motivation or another. But it's like anything. It's always neat when you find something in common, especially something like uh, hunting and, and a love for conservation. Um, and just if you have that platform, it can change and do so many great things. You know, Matt, Matt has a long history of in the hunting world so after the fighting he had right. three different television yep. shows that he did and what's kind of cool not just with the nwtf but the wild turkey is the first thing that he has hunted since his train accident that happened five years ago five years ago this past june and so when he decided it was time and of course having a tbi traumatic uh, brain injury and everything shooting a gun can be a big step sure and and i mean his recovery has been remarkable but for him to get back out there and to see what he saw that morning yeah it was one of those birds that just did the deal and we had carrie such a great story oh it was amazing and just the highest of highs the lowest of lows back to the ultimate high but so now what we're going to do we're going to do the matt hughes grand slam yeah we're going we're going to do that and it might end up being the world slam and then what we're going to see you know there's a lot of turkeys hunters out there people here today that you know we're going to see what we can do to use uh imagine a lot of people say hey come on out and hunt hunt with me that that does happen now and then oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're going to get together uh we're going to get together at the end of may for a youth hunt that is going to be auctioned off in another auction so uh you know you'll check new hampshire off your list potentially after the kid gets squared away yep. uh we got some days built in there so uh the turkey population in new england is robust there's plenty of them and we're having a good time with that so um it should be a fun opportunity is there i didn't i don't think i asked you this the last time we talked is there one subspecies is there one particular bird you care or you just just want to go i i just I, i'm not a caller but i love to hear the calls call and I love to see that animal respond to yeah. this call. So that is the big excitement for me. Not so much pulling the trigger, but to see this animal yeah. come into what he thinks is a female. So yeah. So with the with the injury, um, what's the what's your gun setup like? And I'm curious because there's there's other people like you that. Maybe if they don't have the support systems or the things in place that the things they once enjoyed before an accident, before a traumatic brain injury or something like that, they never get back to the things that brought them love and passion in their life. But you're a great example of with resources and with the right motivation, you can get back to it. And oh, by the way, you can discover something new that you love. So, you know, maybe Sandy can help supplement some of this. The gun setup, did you, you know... Are open sights good for you? Uh, are you able to uh, look down the barrel and line sights up, or is, does a red dot help you, or a scope? Uh, I, I, I can look down iron sights, but for some reason, my gun shot low. Yeah, on that it, particular day. On that particular day, but <laughs> you know that's that's the remarkable thing is you know we're talking to a guy right here that the doctors said that he would not be alive. Right. And if he was alive, he would be a vegetable. That's right. And now here he is sitting here, and he's strong as an ox. He's helping people out there, motivating, don't ever give up. You never know what God's got in store. He actually told someone last night at dinner 
that the train accident might have been the best thing that ever happened yeah. to him in his life. I mean, how uh, just it's pretty profound. Yeah, pretty profound. Um, the, the, the accident took my balance and some of my memory memory away. I'm pretty happy about most of my memory being gone because my favorite shirt, shirt to wear is one that says reverse. So I'm a, a born again Christian 13 years ago, but I also five years ago that they trained me, gave me a revert to. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. When you go out this year, um, he said, you're not going to call. You're going to let Sandy do all the calling. Um, or Matt Van Size or, or somebody. Yeah. No, I guess if you got a Matt Van Size with you, you might let him call. I mean, there there is that. <laughs> Does that mean you're going to Pennsylvania? I'm going to anywhere Sandy wants to go. What's the tour look like? So, you know, Matt still goes around and signs autographs all over the country, um, which has really blown my mind because I wasn't a Matt Hughes fan, you know, before we right. met. Like, you know, yeah, we, we, we became it. friends of the little traveling pocket cross. And, uh, but everywhere we go, there's Matt Hughes fans that come up. So he's got some engagements during the spring uh, to make appearances. But we know we're going to hit North Carolina again. Uh, it's possible we may do Florida. Mm-hmm. We're going to go up and hit hit up there with you. I think what we'll what, there's a possibility of Texas uh, to that Rio. We're not trying to do a single single plane. Yep. Yeah, there's there's no need to do that. Um, but it wouldn't be bad if you did. No, it wouldn't be bad <laughs> at all. And I think that's something that we can probably plan for next year. Sure. But uh, you know, there's a lot of hurting people out there, veterans. There's a lot of uh, kids that are that need a little bit of motivation. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're going to try to do is um, through the through the help of the NWTF yeah. and some other organizations, see what we can do to to use Matt's love and face out there to to inspire a few people and hunt a few turkeys along the way. Yeah, there's so many things I could say about. And I, I think I might have remarked about this on our, our first interview, but, um, you know, people with a celebrity that have a platform and, and they and how they go about their life. And I'm not one to judge. I can't judge. It's not I don't I don't have that power. Right. But I, I will remark that, you know, for someone that had a platform, has a platform like him to almost be taken off the face of this earth and to still yet be so humble and so self-deprecating the way he does in a, in a joking manner um and still have that a want to help is i don't know man it's i don't want to overstate it but it's like a shining example for how people with platforms should look at themselves and say how can i help I, you don't owe the world anything i guess right i mean if you have a talent you can sing you can dance and you get on stage and you make millions of dollars because people want to watch that talent uh good on you but i feel like the humanity build uh makeup of an individual like i don't know if you don't have that maybe something's missing you certainly don't like it and i wish that more people could latch on to that example and um you know use the platform god gave them whether they believe god gave it to them or not and uh and do something good with it and leave a legacy that's what we're doing here this whole week this is this is about legacy it's celebrating 50 years of legacy and what the next 50 years looks like and then you by virtue of taking little kids out or a wounded veteran on a hunt this is what i every every time i hunt with somebody and we we kill a bird 
right? I always let them know, and I do it with them. You are forever in my history. When you and I, when the three of us get together in New Hampshire, and if we're lucky enough to take a bird, or I guide you to a bird, and vice versa, you're forever going to be part of my history. I know people look at me kind of weird sometimes. They can't take the emotion of that statement because that's a heavy statement. But I mean every bit of it. I keep a journal of who I hunted with. Well, because I want to, I want to, I, I don't have a hard time remembering that, but at some point I will. Sure. And that's important to me because that part of my legacy, on top of the work I do and, and you know, the passion of conservation giving back, that's important. Some little kid's going to remember you. Some little kid's going to remember Sandy. You may forget them as, as you age out, but that little kid's not. You're forever going to be part of, of their makeup. And that's pretty awesome. That's exactly right. Yeah. You said a couple things that aren't true, so I'm going to correct you. Okay. I want these people to to know how wrong you are. Twice or three times you call me humble. I'm the I'm not humble person, so correct these people and say I'm just a normal person. Normal person. That's. I'm I'm gonna correct I'm gonna correct you. Yeah. <laughs> Correcting it because I'm around you enough. You're pretty humble, Matt. You really you really are, and you're a normal person. Um. I get to see you behind the scenes. You're the same guy behind the scenes as what you are in front of everybody else. And, uh, you know, there's so many people out here that they see you as Matt Hughes, the fighter. You yeah. know, the, the legend part of UFC. When you said history, first thing that popped in UFC yeah. history. Yeah. You know, last Saturday night, I don't know if you know this or not, Fred, but there was a bunch of fighters, and I think they were pretty famous, weren't they? And, and Matt was one of the ones they flew him out there. This is the of the benefit I was alluding to, right? That that you had put out, or is that a different event? Different. Okay, got it. Got it. The, yeah. This event he was about, about was in L.A. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, but so it was it was some famous fighters. Who who was there, Matt? Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, and a handful of others. And and so they were asked to go into the ring. When who was the fighter that retired? It was it's a cage when it's it's a, a cage and it was the Fedor. 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 Emilia Enko or something. So we don't call it a ring. It, no, because it's a cage. Okay. See. Yeah. So they went in the cage, but he he was invited as one of the top UFC fighters mm. of all time. Legend to go there to watch this gentleman retire his gloves and to be there as part of it. That's awesome. How special is that? That's way special. Yeah. And uh, so. What was that like being amongst your peers again? Did you enjoy it? I I did because I saw a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. So it was good to shake spans and I, I'm one thing I'm not, I don't compliment myself, but I, I love my fans. My fans let me retire when I did. So when I, I get pissed off when I, I watch the, the news and see some some celebrity diss his fans. Yeah. His fans are who writes his paycheck. So yeah. I want to say thank, thank, thank you to all, all my fans out there because I, I owe you some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you've got your fighting fans, and I think you got a little um, little bleed over into the turkey world. But then I think now, your second year here, right? Yeah. Uh, you have a whole new fandom and a new family, and that's pretty awesome. And these people, uh, you know, you guys say you love your your fans and love your people, and, and I love that you say that, and they all do too. And it's you're so accessible. 
and you don't have to be, but you're out there with everybody. And, you know, to see little kids walk by or see someone that used to watch you and their eyes get big, like that's, that makes their day. I, I've, had, I've had a couple of people in there. I said a, a couple of bur- a couple of birds and the guys walk by and they, they give me what I call lover eyes. <laughs> they're about 10 to 20 feet away and they look at me. They recognize my face and some know him, but they just sit and stare and they won't come up to me. Yeah, it's intimidating. Uh, but but if they're fans of me, they, they, they know I'm a, a people person. They know better. Yeah. Um. Man, I mean, it's we got the extended lot here. I feel like, uh, is there anything you're looking forward to doing out there? You're, I know you got some some places you're visiting. Uh, I, I am. I, I got some fights to go to. I, I like going. I, I like going to small fights and just watching these kids. Because that's where, where I, I I started out. It's yeah. small fights, so I like going there and. I guess my life's pretty boring. No, I, I, I bet. Uh, out here on the show floor, are you are you doing appearances? Where are you hanging out during the week? Um, uh, I leave tomorrow morning. Okay. So he's act, he's actually going to uh, sign autographs and do an appearance in Michigan at a at a wildlife show. Oh, fantastic! Which, which is which is just so awesome. Um, so, uh, you know, he's been with us here since Tuesday and going up there. And um, are you sad that you're leaving all of, I mean, there's 65,000 wonderful, loving turkey nuts here <laughs> that you're leaving. I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to do a, a big comparison, see who's nicer. Because these people were absolutely awesome this week. That's good to hear. And I've been to Shot Show, NRA Show, and every other hunting show. These are the nicest people I've ever, ever encountered. It, it's salt of the earth. Yes. And that's saying something. Yep. In a, in a very these good these way. are your people. You're their people. Yeah. So. Well, look, guys, I appreciate you coming in and making the time like you always do. I'm looking forward to May. We're going to raise some uh, some some needed dollars. We're going to leave a legacy with some little kid and, and, and just have a nice time uh, in the Northeast. And continued success, safe travels, and um, thanks for being a great ambassador for for your new your new sports sounds good we love having you i'm glad to be i'm no no ambassador but i'm glad to be in that position if you say yeah you are awesome thank you guys so much i appreciate you thank you forever blessed to be here and if nobody's told you i love you today we do i always appreciate it thank you all right, day one of the NWTF Convention Sports Show continues. At this time, I welcome in Super Bowl champion, prior guest, founder of the Light Foundation. I'm sure I can put a few more in there. Matt Light joins us. Made the trip all the way from uh, the great north to the warmer climates of Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome. Well, it's great to be with you again. And l- yeah. look, I mean, it, the nice thing is, right, since we don't have a winner anymore, yeah, right, we can get down here and not have to worry about getting, <laughs> you know, boondoggled in some weird, you know, uh, airport. Uh, you know, it's been miserable trying to travel in the past. And I tell my wife, I'm like, you know what? I'd like to have more snow, too. But from a travel perspective, we're, we're actually. Yeah, yeah. Good. I'll take it. It used to be a, a, a running joke or sad joke that leaving here on Sunday or Monday, like you were either going to get plagued by ice here and get stuck 
or if you're flying north anywhere, you were screwed. Like yeah. you weren't getting home in a single day. I know we do have some guys out west that I know that are trying to get here, and they definitely are having some issues right yeah. now. So I'm glad we didn't have that. But you yeah. know, look, I've been wanting to come to this show. I've talked to you about this show. I've yeah. talked to so many people that kind of been in my network, and they're like, "Hey, look, man, you know, Shot Show's great, but you know, NWTF is the best show there is." Yeah. And I'm a rookie. I'm still trying to, I told you I'm, I'm uh, geographically challenged. I'm, <laughs> my magnetic north is a little bit off, but it's been phenomenal in a short period of time here yeah. since it's, it's open. Today, especially, we were talking about this earlier, like there is just a little, like an electricity. There's a buzz about the building, right? Yeah. And for first timers who there's a whole lot of them, yourself included, like it knocks your socks off. Yeah. And that's great. That's the product we want to put out and that, you know, we work so hard as an organization with our members and our volunteers and everyone that comes together for this. And it's just it, it just is awesome. Yeah, you know, you're, and you're not the first person I've heard say that. I mean, I, I talked to a few people, told them this is my first time, and they've said, look, I can already tell that this is going to be a special year, and I can't judge that. But what I can tell you is that, again, as an outsider, for the first time, when they kicked this show off, they had representatives, I'm, I, I'm assuming, that are the people that have really you know, worked hard to put this together, mm -hmm. that said a prayer, yeah. said the Pledge of Allegiance, talked about how important this is from a conservation standpoint. From But what that tells you is, is you have really good people, right? It, the products can be great. You can go to a lot of shows. I've been to some fantastic ones. You can go to your homegrown sportsman show right. in your backyard. Um, it's, all, it's never going to be the product. It's always going to be the people. Sure. It is the essence of why we do what we do. I mean, if going into the outdoors was a solo campaign, which it can be at times, of yeah. course, it, it would have died out a long yeah. time ago. I understand that. I know exactly. Right. And this is, we affectionately call it our family reunion. And it is very much that. Yeah. And that's cool. And once you're in and you, and you, and you get through your first one, you're like, I get it. See you next year. Yeah. And the year after that, and it perpetuates. And then, you know, just all the networking that goes on and it's just the, the, the catching up of industry um, folks that you know for, for whatever the motivations are. It's just, it's it's, re it's reinvigorating. You become inspired again. And it's just, it's a great way. And it's well positioned right ahead of seasons opening up uh, here towards the end of the month, yeah. uh, next month. And then we're it's off and running again. Yeah. We're and, back. We own the spring, and that's what's really cool about our organization as juxtaposed to the other you know, big game organizations is everyone's kind of fighting over the fall. But here we are. It's ours, and yeah. we plant that flag for sure. Well, look, you got a lot of celebrities in any field, any industry. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was also unique is last night we're hanging out by the Falls Bar. And, you know, um, you can go to some, again, not, not, not to, you know, look, all these shows are great. All these things do a lot of good for what we all enjoy. Um, but you can go to some of these other shows and it's almost like what happens in the sports world, right? Like you have to have a special ticket to get the behind the scenes, right, to go right. backstage at a concert or to have a meet and greet with a sports figure. And what I thought was really great is that, you know, and look, I look at these guys as legends. You know, I'm I'm kind of like the, the kid wanting to get his yeah. card signed, right? Because, yeah. you know, I get to see a guy that I hadn't seen in a long time and Mark Drury. You yeah. know, everybody knows, you know, what he and his family, his brother, his kids what they represent in the oh, yeah. sport to be able to sit there and talk to him he's just sitting there he's he's like anybody else having a drink with a couple of guys telling some old war stories yep. about chasing birds back in the 70s whatever it is right mm -hmm. and you get to see that and i think again you know those are the things that i'll take home for me 
you know, I get to run into a coon dog and a Mark Drury. I get to see Ernie Calandrelli, you know, yeah. one of my most favorite, oh, yeah. the guy that taught me pretty much everything from a baseline perspective about being in the outdoors, chasing gobblers. Um, you know, there's just so many people that I've gotten to meet that are legends in this field, you know, got to meet Toxie, you know, yeah. like, you know, you, you come here and it's not pretentious. It's just good old boys doing what they love. Everyone's accessible. And yeah. that's, that's what's great about it. And then it, to an extent, I think I think they pride themselves on the accessibility. Toxie wants to be out there. Yeah, I mean, look at the look at that booth, that space specifically this morning. I don't know if you heard about it or if you saw it earlier this morning. Oh, there was, I, I was there. I mean, just for the Fox Fest, and that was incredible. What what buzz? What excitement! It's like holy smokes! This is this is amazing. And that family specifically, and great partners of ours in Mossy Oak. But they mean it. It's not pretentious, like you said. It's not yeah. a put on like. Those boys, the Hayes brothers, are taking this thing into the next the next level. As we, as an organization, celebrate 50 years, we're looking forward to the next 50 years. What does that look like for us, for our turkey hunting community and conservation? Yeah. And then you got guys like that, those young guys, just grabbing it by the horns and just changing. And, it, and it's it's exciting. Well, listen, and, you, and you're talking, again, you're talking legends, right? <laughs> and, and I can't, you know... It, for the, and, and when you're down here, it's fun to watch legend see legend, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and it's like I, I had an opportunity, you know, again, through this awesome network of people that are, you know, very good at what they do in this industry. And I got to go down and hunt with a guy in Alabama named Jim Mason. And Jim is another legend, you know, because, again, when you have these guys that have done it, been there and done it forever and they say, hey, man, if you want to go kill an Alabama bird. This is the guy and you go down there and you see this lodge steeped in tradition since like the 50s, basically. Nice. And Jim Mason. You know, it just it. Like, yeah, this is uh, this is a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm a quick hitter. I'm out tomorrow, so yeah. I got to take advantage of everything today. Yeah. And uh, but and, and listen, good good to be with you too, because you know I I don't get to see a lot of what other people do, right? Like I think there's you know when you're a doer, right? When you're when you're involved with a whole bunch of things, and there's so many people. Look, I'm not unique in this respect, and there's people that do a lot better. But you're so focused. We're so focused on what we do through the Light Foundation and our programming. Sometimes it's hard to see the great things that other people do right. for what they really are. Yeah. You know, so you know, hats off to what you bring to you know not not just the outdoor side of it, but you know, a a, a sport that is lifelong. Like I I, I could not do what I what I used to do for right. very long. Right, right. But this one, this one's for life. For life. Yep, I'm with you 100. Uh, percent It's and if it and if that changes, it's gonna suck. <laughs> Yeah, because I just like it. it's it's the we were joking earlier. It's like, you know, how many times can you hear a turkey gobble and still have that same reaction? I hope every time I don't Never. want it to flatten. You read Tom Kelly's book every spring. Once that stops, then I hang my vest up. I'm why now? Yeah. And that's what keeps us coming back. And, and again, again, for the first timers, the kids, we're going to do it. Uh, in Rhode Island, I'm excited with you guys. Uh, we're going to get a contingency of volunteers. I get to be there this year because I'm not traveling earlier, Good so deal. I'm super stoked to help however I can. And if uh, if I'm lucky enough to be uh, on a mentored hunt with a kid and see that reaction once again, I that's I mean it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on with you guys and uh, what's what's happening this year for Life Foundation? Well, listen, we got uh, I mean there's high expectations last last year, and again this isn't the priority. It's not the main focus, but 
I will say that um, we, in about two and a half hours, were tagged out you guys with did well. the kids. <laughs> and, you know, that's a, a little, little bit of weight on this year to try to mimic that. But, you know, look, I think the, the best thing is, is that as we ended last year, before we talk about kind of what the opportunity is this year, we had all these kids sitting around the table at our lodge and uh, they're telling their stories one by one. Yeah. And the guides are backing it up. And of course, the bird's always bigger. And, <laughs> you know, the shot was farther and the calling was better. But just to see these kids come alive and, they, and they're not all storytellers and they don't have to be. Right. But they get to share that experience, something that, you know, may have been completely foreign to them, you know, before they had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And they got to do it with their peers. Right. Right. And people that they in most cases they had never met before. And so. That's what our program is is really designed to do. I, I want to use the hook of the great outdoors, something that you know I grew up with that I was fortunate to have. And I want to not just introduce it to these kids, but I want to use it as a way to enforce the things that that make the sport so great. And and those are, you know, being responsible, being ethical, being accountable, and hopefully being leaders in what they do. Yeah. And that's the that's the the real essence of what the Light Foundation represents. We call it the Light Foundation's Leadership Academy. Um, in that umbrella, we have youth hunts. We have uh, in Ohio and Rhode Island. Um, we have other um, camps that we run that are, in some cases, four year programs. Right. We do have some football, but again, it's not about football. Right. It's not about killing the bird. It's not about you know just showing up. You know, it's it's really those life skills, those leadership qualities that they get to see through the mentors, Mm -hmm. you know, the guides, the chaperones, the other kids that are in the program. I mean, that's that's at the heart of what we do. So in Rhode Island specifically, we'll have the ability to take 10 youth into the great outdoors over a weekend. But when they come back, they're going to get mentored through um like last year they get to see how to clean a bird they get to see how to make a wing bone call right they got all these things but then we we have other topics too about what what does it really mean to be a leader and what is conservation through your eyes and and also you know some of our essay topics cover things like you know do you you know is bullying a problem right and and if it is how how do you deal with it sure and and had you know anybody that's ever been through it right and it's just things that are, you know, designed to get these kids to think a little yeah. bit. And, Critical and thinking a, is a lost art, it seems, and, and it's not, uh, at least in the public education system, uh, focused on. Yeah. So what I love about your organization is that leadership component and the, the focus on that, whether directly or indirectly, through the activities that you provide and the opportunities you provide the kids and give them the opportunity to step in front mm. and, and do exactly that. And that peer-to-peer counseling, that peer-to-peer leadership example uh, is, is so much more valuable than having someone of your stature or some other kind of professional adult, you know, you need to do this, this, and this because of my life experience. You have your life experience. We're giving you some tools. Now apply them, think critically and get there. Cuz was in here, uh, Cuz Strickland, we were talking about his uh, grandson, Cranky, who's a little internet sensation, runs his trap line and talking about how his peers see that. And he's like, man, it's great. He's a peer-to-peer counselor. His buddies latch on because he's doing it and he's very confident in his skin about it. He doesn't make uh, excuses. He doesn't qualify it. He just does it. Yeah. And now other little kids are wanting to go set raccoon traps in That's Mississippi. Awesome. I was like, yes. Way to go, crankster. Yep. So, <laughs> and, and you guys are doing that too. And it's just, 
I, I, we talked the last time we talked. I said, you know, how long I wanted to help, however we could as an organization. Me personally, be involved because you guys are just you're doing it right. So congratulations again, and certainly looking forward to uh, spring in Rhode Island. I'm glad oh, I'm going to be, be great. around. It's going to be great. But look, I, I getting some great reports too. By the way, you know, last year I, I heard from a lot of guys, especially guys down south. Man, we haven't heard a bird gobble. We haven't seen anything. You know, we've been pretty fortunate again. The weather, you know, has been probably a, yeah, a we are. big part of that. But uh, in the Northeast, it seems like if uh, the uh, early sightings and what I'm hearing from the guys that I know that are out there a little bit more than I am right now is that we're going to have a we're going to have a heck of a season. They're coming on strong. They came and literally came out of the woodwork in New Hampshire. And yeah. You, you, we talked about this. you got space near where I live. Yeah. On uh, the last week, all of a sudden they just started showing up again. Like, oh, here we go. And we had no snowpack in the southern part of the state. Right. Uh, at all. So there was food, there wasn't ice. I mean, it's yeah. it's been a pretty chill winter for them for in our region, which thank God. We'll hey, and you talk about coming out of the woodwork. It's and I've been sharing this story a little bit. You know, I always said for years and years and years, what exactly these birds do. And you know, you know, Dr. Chamberlain's had you know plenty of research mm-hmm. more in the southern areas right. than maybe the north. But you know, in the north, if you if you don't have arms, and there's three <laughs> feet of snow on the ground <laughs> yeah. and it's fluffy, yeah. If you hit the ground, things could get pretty pretty bad pretty yeah, quick, yeah. right? And so I always thought, what do these things do? And it wasn't until about three or four years ago, I had a buddy of mine up in Maine. It was really rough winter. And I said, and I, I think he had heard me say this to somebody else. And he goes, oh, I'll tell you what to do. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, I, I kind of thought he was just messing with me. And he said, I watched a flock of birds about 20 deep. They didn't leave one tree for yeah. two weeks. That's exactly right. And I said, and, and you know, you think that way. Like, that must be what they do. Fly from branch. He goes, no, 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 no. They didn't leave. Basically, they're little, they were hopping around yep. branch, maybe climb a level, drop a level. And they sit up there and bud and eat the buds of the tree. And that's how, two, and the two weeks, and he's right on that, is like, that's that's like the limit. And they start staying up there frozen. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. They're hardy birds. It, they are amazing creatures, yep. man. So yeah, yeah. you learn something new every day, right? Well, enjoy the rest of your time. You're going to stand to learn a whole lot more, I imagine, just in the conversations that you're likely to have. So enjoy That's it. Back. Well, I I'm appreciate so glad you you're here, us. man. It's, it's good to have you as someone like yourself down here and seeing it. And, and you can see it on your face. Like you're digging it. And I like that. Hey, when, I, when I got back from dinner last night, I heard a guy hoot Allen <laughs> and I said, I'm home, baby. Yeah, this is it. This, this is, the right is it. Place. Yeah. Thank you. Matt Light, Matt Light, uh, uh, the formerly of the Patriots and Life Foundation. Thanks so much for stopping in. Appreciate you, sir. Please welcome in the Director of Membership for the National Turkey Federation, Sydney Broadway. You guys may have seen her when you checked in. Always smiling, super positive, radiant lady. Welcome. Thank you, Fred. Are we getting punchy? Is it getting towards the end of day one? Uh, it is wild already. I cannot believe it. It is it, a sight to see. This is not your first go at convention, but I this is your first as staff member. It is. So indeed, what's indeed. the difference? Uh, it's, it is a lot different. I did not realize I could put on so many miles <laughs> on my legs. Um, you're constantly running around, but hey, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I love it. It's a wonderful, wonderful time. I cannot wait to actually go into the uh, sports show section. I haven't no. got to do that yet, but I'm hoping maybe tomorrow. Keep Man, my fingers crossed. It's, uh, I mean, you saw or maybe heard of the line this morning. I heard. And then that all migrated out there and then that that whole mossy oak area was just mob but the whole place is mob and and for a thursday i mean it's just 
it's pretty rad to see all yeah. these people, all these little kids taking the day off of school. Like, so yeah, sweet. do it. It's great. I'm glad you're all here. The warm fuzzies inside. Yeah. <laughs> and that's great for us. I mean, for all these people to be out here mm -hmm. and it means something to them to take that time off from Absolutely. a job or school to be out here and, and share in the first day. Um, it's it's awesome. It's electric. It's a it's a cool feeling to to look out and know that we all have something in common. And that's mm. the love of the wild turkey. Mm. And that just, man, it makes you feel good. You, you know, everyone here, you've got something in common with them. Yeah. And we always, you know, kind of say, and it gets to the point of almost being cliche for us, but it's not. And it's very real that this is a family reunion, that this is, yes. you know, I've said it so many times to this audience that uh, a turkey hunter, an NWTF member in Virginia could call someone in California, just that association no, alone. Yeah, you, you can immediate have, have dinner at my table and spend the night in my extra spare room if, if I have one and, and I'll even let you hunt my land. It's special. Thing. I was just talking to Darrell Smith who I think yep. is going to be on the podcast yep. here soon. Good buddy Darrell. I mean, what an awesome guy. Yeah. And he just gives you a hug and it's the best hug you've ever gotten. He is so, so sweet, so smart, so incredible. Yeah, he's a, he's a good human being, him and his wife and they're doing Actually, good work. Yes. Yeah, we're going to doing great work. Hear more from Darrell here in a little bit. I know him and, uh, Wizard Gilbert are, are out on the show floor yes. messing with people and having good interviews. Having good so they should be should be some good content out of that. So what else is going on? How's your convention? I mean, it's been incredible. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect anything less. Uh, it's been a wonderful time getting to see people. Like you said, it is very much a family reunion. Yeah. I mean, and whenever I address people in an email, like all of headquarters, I say, dear NWTO family or whatever. Yeah. And and that does sound cliche and it, people may roll their eyes, but it's true. You mean it. Like, yeah. you mean it. Like, I really do feel like we're all family members. So it's nice to be here. It's great to see the crowd. Just a good time thus far. Yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. Um, we had some events pop off last night. We got more events from a membership standpoint. You know, uh, we set some lofty goals for this year. I think we're trying to court uh, 250,000 members, adult memberships. So adding Correct. to our, where are we at? 190? Um, right now we're right at 190. Yeah. Last I checked, which was yesterday. So, so that's, not a, <laughs> that's not a far reach. And certainly it's this not. event allows to uh, really add those memberships it certainly bolsters the talk, memberships. talk to us again you know it's often you guys hear me say what i think my opinion is why the membership is important and i give my my elevator pitch on it but we don't often have the director of membership on this here program so give me give oh, me man. your your importance of you know it doesn't have to be a company line give me the sydney broadway i mean you've worked for the sheep foundation you've been in the industry so you know why is that membership so important that well, we ask people to become a member before they hit absolutely. the show floor. You know, conservation is important in general, um, but our members, without members, we cannot, we will, we wouldn't exist. Mm. I mean, you think about it like that. If it's, it's so important to have a strong membership base. Without that, bad things happen. Yeah. Could potentially be detrimental to the turkey. So it's important to have those memberships. It's important to support. And if you love to hunt turkeys, if you love turkeys, in general, you should be a member of the National Law Turkey It's a boggling stat we often allude to yes. as the three, 3.1 million 
licensed turkey hunters. Now, I yeah. I often qualify that saying, well, some states you automatically get a turkey tag. So, you know, is it a true 3.1 million? You can always go, go you can only go with the data you're given, right? So right. we assume there's 3.1 roughly million licensed turkey hunters annually. Correct. My and question is always they? like, why are we not a three <laughs> million yeah. member strong exactly. NWTF? Exactly. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, we uh, just launched a program recently called Outfitters for Conservation. Mm. And what we're trying to do is get all the outfitters on board to build into their plan, their hunting package, an NWTF membership. Fantastic. So that the individuals that come and hunt the property, they have to be an NWTF member. And I think that, I mean, why not get behind that? And I really do feel like, you know, if we could get our people that exhibit here started, it's going to be a firestorm of memberships. I just have that feeling. It's it's important to have skin in the game and it's not, and it should not be off-putting to put it in this context, this this way that just because you buy a hunting license doesn't make you conservationist. I know that was uh, a platitude that was bantied about for years, but we've evolved and the understanding of having skin in the game of I mean look, we want everyone to be an NWTF membership. But if you Absolutely. if you go the, the the waterfowl way, you go the elk way, be involved. Having that buy-in and letting your dollars become matched yep. on an average of five to one with our organization. That's a powerful thing. Absolutely. So after your membership is serviced, which I think I think you guys end up with like twenty bucks that goes to the mission to Correct. be matched. Correctly. That's a huge number. It's huge. Eighty six cents of every dollar raised goes right back to it's, conservation. It's really awesome and, and, and to have that even if it's just a, a, a we got some scaffolding moving by. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Sorry, folks. I can hear all of it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. It's okay. That's all good. That's the fun of that's that's the show. It's part of um, it. putting putting your dollars to work. So you again, even if you're just a, a passive annual member, you don't go to a banquet. At least at least you're doing something. Yeah. A little bit more than the average person. To, to put back into the resource um, that needs it, quite frankly, because state agencies mm-hmm. can't do it alone. No, they cannot. They don't they have not. the resources, they don't have the bandwidth, Mm-mm. they don't have the budgets. I mean, it it takes organizations like this, membership communities like this, to keep it going and for people Absolutely. to care, right? Absolutely. 190,000 voices. That's pretty powerful to Very powerful. legislators in Washington, D.C. and local uh, governing bodies. Uh, those 190,000 people are 190,000 votes, potentially. Absolutely. Like if I was a politician running in the next election, I want to know what those 190,000 right? people think. You would. Just a guy Very with a microphone, important. though. You're very special, bro. <laughs> Don't sell I, yourself short. <laughs> I, I, I say that, but I mean it. And I mean every bit of it. That's That's what's powerful about our membership and why it's important to get that that number up yeah because the more we can rep the more we are represented you know the people that are making laws that will make policy that will institute all these good ideas or potentially bad ideas mm-hmm. need to answer to that quarter million people yeah would be really great you know with our 50th year to, to hit that number man i think we're gonna I, do I, it i have that feeling yeah i have that feeling in my gut that we're gonna hit it and when we do whoo going to be a celebration at headquarters yeah it was i mean covid we've talked about it it really 
it hit it hit everybody but i mean for us and we're talking about us our story that's what we're telling here it hit us hard very hard and i i think i mean i don't want to misquote it but i feel like when i came in as a rd uh, in early, very early 2015, I feel like we were playing in that ballpark with membership. It was absolutely it was right at 226,000 yeah. adult members. So that wasn't like an oddity. It wasn't no. like this major goal. Right. Like that's that was the standard. That's where we right. played. And if you could add more to that, great. But just having the rug ripped from under you in so many ways. It's tough. And to bounce back, seemingly in a year and a half. Roughly? Yeah. I mean, We're getting you're doing a good right job. There. Thank you, friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've got a great team. Yeah, you do have a good team. Got a great team. I've got people that are a lot smarter than me on my team, and, and that's what you need. You need a lot of people out there to, to get to help you, and I've got the best team out there. I tell a good you. leader recognizes that you can't you shouldn't be the smartest person 100%. to be the know-it-all in the room you build a team mm-hmm. with the talent you can recruit and you try to recruit the most talented people so they're gonna know more than you Absolutely. so if you build that team you're gonna just kick major ass and I that's the that. point that's what we want to do you nailed it um but yeah, tomorrow, I, one thing I am doing tomorrow is I'm going to walk around the show floor and I'm going to hand out the flyers about the outfitters for Yeah, it's awesome. And I think that's, you know, to have that one-on-one, you know, conversation with the people. And, and I think that they'll get on board. I really do. And there's some perks behind it. They get 10% off of advertising, um, which is, I mean, you know, pretty It's a big good. deal. That's a big deal. That's a hell of a lot more than 35 bucks. Exactly. So they, they get a little discount and there are perks to, you know, helping the program out. And I do think it's going to flourish. I, and I, I mean, I'm not an outfitter, so it's easy for me to sit here and wax intellectual, I guess, about something I, I'm not <laughs> intimate with. But I would say, uh, you know, having utilized services, that there is some overhead built in. Yeah. And it it, it it is in their interest for their business, their livelihood, to ensure that if you're a turkey guide, there's flipping turkeys on the ground so your right. people can come in and hunt them. So, yeah, I would say a $35 ask per hunter, uh, that's a pretty good arrangement. I think it I think it actually speaks volumes to the outfitter too. I yeah. feel like the, the the people that come to hunt, I feel like that says a lot that hey, they're interested in conservation, they're interested in the NWTF, they want to support us and you should support them. And I, I think it's gonna be a nice little That's a nice coupling of, of, yeah. of professionals there. And uh, you know, that's that's good news and I suspect I suspect with everyone being in a good mood you'll have a pretty uh pretty easy sales job it's tomorrow. A, it's gonna be easy. I can I can tell because everyone's happy, everyone's excited to be yeah. here so we're gonna make it happen I, I hope to get everybody signed up that's my goal a lofty goal but i'm gonna well, try to do it do you do you mean i don't mean to put you on the spot how many outfitters do we have out there you i know? don't know how many yeah, there's I a lot printed off, i printed off 200 flyers so I holy hope smokes to, i hope there's that many here <laughs> we're we're over 500 exhibitors yeah there's i know over that 500 so i feel pretty confident that's about about right there's always a good chunk um there's always a good chunk of uh, outfitters that come. Mm-hmm. This is a great crowd. This is a, a spending crowd. It's a fantastic consumer uh, sports show. And there are people here looking to invest their dollars into an experience yeah. once in a lifetime, maybe a repeat experience. So yeah. if you're an outfitter and you're hearing this and you've thought about joining our show, like this is the place to be. It's a great start. Yeah. It's a great and start. And then getting involved with our membership, the got to be one of the most passionate bases in the country 100 uh, percent. 
as soon as you fly our banner, man, they're they're all about you. They are. And they want to pop, prop you up and help you and put you out on their their audiences for whatever their social is worth. And you know, just like uh, you know, you got a good bakery or a good butcher in your town, mm-hmm. and they can spend thousands of dollars on advertising, but it's that word of mouth that gets the customers there. Yeah. Same thing here. Same word of thing. the word of mouth of the NWTF community is a powerful very powerful this powerful one gives me all the feels gives me the chills i, yeah. I just love it i love my job i'm, I'm happy to be here I, I feel like this is 100 the pinnacle of my career like i'm yeah. so proud to, to serve such a wonderful organization and work with such amazing people i tell i see my boyfriend lisa over there I, I tell him all the time how lucky i am yeah. to be here at this role and it just i mean it's makes me tear up i'm just i'm yeah. really happy to be here hey, i I maintain the same the same kind of idea like you know mm-hmm. you gotta pinch yourself every once so you can get caught in the malaise of day-to-day operations but at the end of it you look back with some perspective you're like there's 150 of us roughly that yeah get the privilege to call this our our career oh, yeah it's pretty cool I'm pretty lucky Fred. I, I have no <laughs> doubt it's like you know holy smokes yeah you, you look back on a a long career or a newer a shorter career but either way we're here and uh damn proud to be part of this team and yes, uh support what you guys are doing with your team and you got the good work and um this this crowd out here as we're watching them walk by uh they don't know it but they stand ready to support what you're doing because they're here and they're that's here. that's that communicates that it sure does what uh anything you're looking specifically for while you're here any new gear for your uh for your adventures down south or are you looking to see anybody or an event well i'm always gearing up for turkey season mm. i'm uh i'm hoping uh get my osceola mm. uh last year i got one but i gotta get another one of course mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm excited i i'm good i went by mossy oak earlier stopped by their booth i really want that fox vest but i don't yeah, think you I'm- Everyone I don't think else. I'm gonna get it. I don't think I'm gonna get it because you got to be in line tonight at a seven o'clock. One gentleman drove all the way down from South Carolina, mm-hmm. got in line at seven o'clock, yeah. and he was the first one. That he got was. The best. Uh, he's like a celebrity. Everybody's talking about him. Yep. But um, yeah, I'm always always up to check out new calls and fill up my vest and excited. Jason Burkhalter and I, uh, right after the rendezvous, uh, hit on that note. You know, it's with covid and all that foolishness that it was you know the supply chain interruption that was mm-hmm. we're coming out of it and that's very evident by all the new product that's out there mm-hmm. mossy oak is a great example of that 100 and this crowd is hungry for it yeah. i am so i certainly join you in not wishing to get out there and you know do a quick lap or two and I see know. what's there so exciting my wife uh appreciates the fact that i'm stuck in one spot of <laughs> <laughs> Should I have to go looking for y'all. Yeah, that's right. Well, and I'm not spending any money on extra. <laughs> uh, how many vests do you have in your your closet? That that's not how important. How many do you need? Yeah. And the answer is always more. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I like I like the marketing you're laying down. I'm gonna <laughs> introduce you to her, Sydney. Thanks for stopping in. I know you're busy. Get Thank those uh, steps in. I will. I'm gonna keep stepping. <laughs> Got my boots on, ready to rock. Very good. <laughs> Sydney Broadway, everybody. Your uh, NWTF uh, membership director. Thanks so much for stopping in. Thank you. All right, this train keeps rolling on. Welcome in, please, everybody, to the NWTF Tricky Hall Access Podcast booth here at the Convention and Sports Show. Bo Brooks, what's going on, man? Bro, 
so happy to have you. How's the day been treating you? Dude, this has been one of the busiest Thursdays I've ever seen. For real. No, it's been absolutely incredible. So every guest, that's what we've kind of led with is just this, holy smokes, what's happening. It's overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's everybody here under one roof loving the same thing. Yeah. The wild turkey. Yeah. It's fantastic. The energy's up. Everyone's spirits are up. Everyone's got smiles. The the body language of the, the you know, everyone's just putting on the miles. But everyone's happy about it. Yep. It's just really nice to have everybody just be in a good mood. And especially for a Thursday. So many kids, you know, oh. parents taking the day off, the kids taking the day off. It's fantastic. Oh, They're hungry for it. I, they are. They're hungry for it. And they, you can just tell it. I mean, everybody looks forward to it. I mean, golly, they did that vest today. People are in there at like 2 a.m. I heard people were there last night. 6 p.m. was the first guy. He got number one. Man, I'll tell you, I understand that though. That's how I do my hunt. I sleep in my truck or I yeah. sleep on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. Got to do what you got to do. What you small want. sacrifice for for glory. And that dude is, uh, he's right now. He's a a, a, a local icon <laughs> for you know well, sucking got it up. One too, didn't he? Yeah, he got. Well, I don't know what the number vest, but he got that number one ticket. So he was guaranteed in there. That's incredible. There was a pile of them out here. Yeah, man. So uh, you were likely on the floor or making your way around. Um, if you weren't at, you weren't at the rendezvous, right? No, I wasn't. Nope. So, uh, at the end of that talk we did on the stage with Helen Cho and Jason Hart and, and the Hayes brothers were supposed to be there, but obviously they had things going on. Yeah. Uh, we introduced uh, officially, I guess, um, our storytellers network and got to you know let the crowd know about Bo Brooks in an official capacity working uh, with us to tell the NWTF story, but but not from our mouth, from you. Yeah. You don't get a corporate lead in. You're not getting the corporate Kool-Aid. And I think that's important for people to know. This isn't, it's not an influencer program. This isn't the standard stuff you see bought and paid for hacks, you know, just parroting stuff that somebody in the office is giving them. The idea behind our program, and as the audience will know, we talked about this earlier with the co-CEO Jason Burkhalter. The program works because you want to be here. You, as a storyteller, as a passionate turkey hunter, want to be and tell this NWTF story in your way. Talk to me about that. Absolutely. You know, honestly, NWTF runs deep for me because, and believe it or not, you know, I'm not from your traditional southern state either. I'm from the West Coast. And you guys have put in water tanks that have helped my elk populations. I mean, you guys have done so many things. And I actually have my job in this industry because of this exact event yeah six or seven years ago i met my current current boss and sure and the turkey calling gave me a platform to to do all these great things and honestly it's just such an incredible organization i am i will do anything for the nwtf i told you that from the second you asked and you absolutely mean it and i i I appreciate your enthusiasm and the the opportunity to work with such a a passionate individual you're really you're you're obviously you're great at what you do for a trade uh building calls running calls guiding filming i mean very talented individual but i really appreciate that organicness the passion that you have oh i think i i um they uh always describe what for as far as for me you know some people care about some things but i care i i just care so much about everything like i just i'm just i love every second of every bit of it like i this is i i'm just so stoked like get my wife to come and do this stuff and it's just oh man we're just so beyond blessed 
talk about uh, your area of the country, and you know, we don't really hear about people from from the West Coast. Yeah, what's turkey hunting like there? Most people don't ever get there. So, what I attribute it to, it looks it's a lot more like elk hunting than you would than hmm. than you would think. You know, we're we're putting on the miles. You know, yeah. you're walking up and down mountains. Um, our turkeys are uh, migratory, so they stay in the bottom, and there'll be three, four hundred birds per flock. Mm-hmm. And then, as the spring goes on, they move out. Um, I mean, it's it really, truly, and we've I've hunted all corners of this of the U.S. now, and I've got to see a lot of cool things. But click my heels together in May, I want to go home. Yeah, you know, and you know, honestly, the closest thing that I can kind of like the closest place that i've hunted that's similar to it believe it or not is like north georgia really north georgia with those like big, the appalachian yep. tri- uh, mountains there yep it's just it, using using your, your king of the hill using the using the ridges you know mm. it's it contour of the land you know and the only difference is, is i just got to throw in a pile of ponderosa pine trees and a bunch of elk and it's just <laughs> yeah, like yeah just exactly like right from. yeah, yeah. So. so what part of the state then you so the east side is it's flat, right? If I remember my geography. Um, yeah, there's some flat, flat, more flat stuff and in, in eastern desert type. Yeah, or? just desert. And so actually, in western Washington, where I grew up, there weren't turkeys per se. Mm-hmm. There, there are easterns. There's a small population of them, but they're pretty much non-existent. You so you because you guys have three subspecies technically. You have yep. the Washington slam, which yeah, we're turkey hunters. We got to make something up, right? That's so cool. If I if <laughs> I've done it since I was a kid trying to get the Washington slam, yeah. I have never heard, nor have I ever seen. <laughs> a turkey in western washington but i know people that do it really it's it's crazy what they live in though it is it, we get 70 inches of rain yeah in there, yeah rainforest legit rainforest it's a there. rainforest and there's they're in, they're the only way that they could walk around i promise you is on those logging roads mm-hmm. and i i mean i've seen turkey tracks but i have never seen one and i just i hear about it here and there the guy elk cut he's like oh i saw tom up on the up on the power line road i'm like are you kidding me that makes me uh it makes me think of northern new england where i'm at you know yeah. you get up into northern new hampshire uh those you know real balsam thick balsam forests yeah. they're pretty wet almost all year round yeah and then you get up in the great north woods of of maine it's and it's all logging um trails and and, and, and roads class six roads that there's thousands and thousands of miles up there and you need the same thing you get in those real tight balsam forest like how the hell can a bird make a living in here never mind move through it yeah. and sure it's not they come right through it they yeah. figure it out it's 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 really interesting and I, I that's actually one part of the country that i still haven't got to get up to and i want to so bad yeah, we'll fix that that's easy <laughs> easy spare bedroom you, you got it perfect Just, i'll sleep in your driveway it ain't yeah, no big deal that's not a big deal <laughs> what um what are you excited about for convention this year i mean obviously you got your your line of calls and products but anything else got you particularly fired up uh, I'm gonna. I'll probably. I'm excited to listen to the Grand Nationals yeah. as per usual. You know, obviously, I'd love to be up there. Um, the next year or two, I'll get back into it. But yeah. it was, I'm really excited about that. My, my biggest thing, man, is I get to see all the people that I've seen through the years, and I. It's just. It's such a. It's like a family here. You know, we come together and we all are sep- celebrating what we love yeah and so that to me is is my that's my all-time favorite part of this whole thing and obviously you can't ask for a cooler crowd than this it's it's fantastic and it's only going to get richer again it's kind of beating a dead drum uh, uh beating the same drum over and over again here but 
I mean, this crowd, I mean, they're all on the floor right now, but this crowd for a Thursday is like huge jumping. So Maybe. Saturday, the weather's supposed to be good. I mean, there was a, Cuz told me there was a tornado warning yeah. earlier. I had no idea. In, in the Benelli booth, there, it looks like somebody's got a, uh, got a, a fire hose on. There's that much water flooding the booth right now. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. Well, that's a bummer for them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even know it was raining out. Yeah, I didn't That's either. what happens when you get in here because it's, you it's know, it's a city. It's its own ecosystem. It's own biosphere with all the glass and like you don't you don't have to leave. Yeah. No, man. But no. And it's that being said, though, I've got I just love seeing everybody. Yeah. I just love I love giving kids their first calls. I love hearing that. That's cool. A lot of people come up to show, show me their calling and their voice calling and stuff. And I love just doing it. And that's what's, see, and that's what I, I think is, is remarkable about you is some others, and I've seen it firsthand, and they just shrug them off or they've, they've entertained the 20th kid for yeah. the 20th time today and they can't be bothered. Yeah. And it, and, breaks a kid's heart no you always seem to make time i, I watched a you did a uh man you were good it was a you did a tiktok live and you're just sitting there pressing pop, 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 doing your 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 you know like i'm, I'm like trade secrets i'm freaking out I'm like all these trade secrets are out there you're just doing your thing and you're talking and you're engaging and i'm like that's what it's about yeah that yep. that is why our community and when, when i said about some people that, that way outliers like not even a minority like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction yep but it happens so i think it's important to juxtapose the, the difference well the I'll, two. Tell, I'll tell you you know as as cool as you think you may be there's always someone cooler yeah someone exactly nice. got it you guys got to be the nicest version of yourself and, yeah. and i try to take the time to answer every single question I you literally can. did because yeah. I was watching, I was scrolling through the feed to see where you were on it. Yeah, I'm like, this dude is answering everyone's question. It's it's if you got to take the time for each person because I'll tell you, I was there once. Yeah, and there are people that didn't help me. And That's there right. Are people that did help yep. me, and I'll tell you one thing: the people that did help me, I will never, ever, ever That's forget right. what they did for me. Yeah, and and that being said, I want to do the same thing for everyone. And and honestly, there's no there's really there's no secrets in my opinion, man. Like I'm gonna. And, I'm building turkey calls. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to tell you exactly. I'm going to give you the roadmap to do what I'm doing right now with calls or whatever it is. You just got to go do it. That's the other yeah. side of it. I mean, it's, it's not like it's, I mean, I, I practice for three, five hours a day, you know, and when I'm getting ready for a competition, I mean, it's, it's a lot. And, oh, so, yeah. and so, you know, but what really helped me is those people were going out of their way to teach me, you know, the Scott and Scott Ellis did it for me and um, Jim Pollard and Billy Yargis and and Mark Drury. They all just, and that, those are just some names, you know, some guys are just incredible pretty strong people. names. Yeah. And they, they help. They helped me because I, I, I was as, I mean, you can hear my energy level. I'm, I'm all the time ready to learn. Let's, yeah. let's learn. And. I still learn. I mean, I come, come to this show and some kid will come up and make a sound or a noise. I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> like, hey, come back here. We're going to go we're gonna yeah. talk for a minute. <laughs> so now you were doing and I, and I agree because I was in that same one I referenced there on, on the old TikTok. You were doing a tree purr, but you were like, I was watching how your how your mouth and how everything worked. And uh, I was like, I never thought of running the call like that. And it sounded so pretty. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to try that. So. <laughs> Just little things. And I'll tell you, Aaron Warbritton helped me 
with Turkey Colin more than he'll ever know. He's he getting ready to come in here he, right now. He always, he, I would always message him because I was doing the Grand Nationals. And yeah. Like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, we'll change that a little bit. Do this a little bit. He helped me a ton. So that's awesome, man. Yep, yep. it's it's uh, it's crazy how th- life happens and changes and how, how this whole community brings everyone together. Yeah, it's it's special and uh, it's not it's not overstated, and that's why we want so many people to be a part of it. Yep, you know. Yep. Yeah, because this is just. It just feels good. I mean, we you get one shot at life on this this planet. You should spend most of it pretty damn happy. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. This place is it's happiness. It is happiness. I don't see anybody upset out there. I don't I don't at all. Everyone's smiling, laughing. Yeah. You know, Jason Hart's walking around. Where is he? High fi- he was just walking around the left. <laughs> just giving high fives. Old Hart. Oh, yeah. The yeah. man. He is. So. Bo, thanks so much for, for stopping in. I know you're going to do some more cool uh, stuff for us. So look out. Yeah. Well, if you guys are here in this post convention, you will have already seen it. But Bo's going to do some some cool social stuff for us. He's really good at it. There's Hart. He's there he still is. walking around. <laughs> <laughs> observant all right brother well, i appreciate everything you do for us thank you for your passion thank you for your voice and uh it's a pleasure to to work with you as much as i get to so thanks so much thank you buddy all right here we go we're coming to the end of day one for at least this program we welcome in aaron warburton of the uh hunting public he's i think you're ready to go in the woods now pretty much for the listening audience he is wearing a is this a new product new vest yeah is it uh the m2 uh whose who's vest is this your vest yep tethered and thp m2 turkey vest mobile modular turkey vest so all right so now new. i gotta check you out tell me about your vest yeah man it's uh brand Bring new it's been in the works for a couple of years uh the guys at tethered that made tree saddles now for a while mm-hmm. um we got with them and they were they were asking us about making a vest we've worn all kinds of them over the years and we liked a lot of different ones that we wore but we'd never found some that really suited us perfect that we could use and that we could all kind of make our own yeah because as you know with our group we got a lot of different personalities yeah, in yeah. the group and yeah, everybody yeah. wants to use something a little different than the next guy sure. so we're like well let's make it modular and more like the upland vest as far as the fit yeah. goes so that it really rides with you in the woods and has a very comfortable fit it doesn't shake around on your back or anything like that so yeah wore a prototype last spring gave him a bunch of feedback and carl basically put all this together from tethered and here it is so for a traveling turkey hunter that's certainly advantageous because i mean if you can take stuff on and off or packs easier i mean there's nothing worse than planning a turkey hunt flying if you're not driving i know oh, you guys yeah. do a lot of driving but if you're packing for aircraft it's it's pretty arduous with all your you know never mind the guns and the boots but like your turkey vest should you choose to roll with one takes up so much space yeah and it gets heavy right so there's baggage fees so if you can tone that sucker down or just make it for a more kind of like a lack of a better term running gun type situation i've done that people i was just joking earlier with the guest you know my wife you know making funny why you got so many vests you need another turkey vest well yes i need one for a quick movement i need one for recon i need one for sitting all day like there's application to all this so so that's pretty smart man so is it easy on easy off how's the how's the functionality of the buckles in the front two buckles not unlike it much many of the other turkey vests that are out there but it's got a yoke in the back that is got a piece of i don't really even know what it is i don't want to misquote what carl put in there but it's basically a stiff yoke oh, in the no. back okay. which spreads that weight out over nice. your shoulders further nice. and it really packs almost like a frame pack would mm-hmm. for elk hunting yeah and then it's got a collapsible bird bag in the back that will fit a whole turkey 
But awesome. the thing with this one is you can cinch it all up so that oh, the nice. weight comes up higher on your back and it pushes it up against your back. Which is important if you got yeah, a so long walk. Stuff, or, yeah. yeah. There's a comfortable turkey hunter is a happy turkey hunter. Yeah. Warm, yeah, I really warm like feet, it so far. Warm feet and a good back and you're all set. You can be out there all day. That's right. Uh, yeah. How's the seat? Oh, it's nice. He's got five different kinds of uh, foam pad in there. I think oh. three of them are thin pads, and then in between the thin pads, he's got two thicker ones. And this seat's got a zipper on the end say, of it. I say, yeah, what's that all about? So you can take that out and wash yep. it? You can Smart. take that out if you've got a sleep number pad or something that you like sitting oh. on. You can put it in there. Um, you can cut down your own foam. Yeah. The way they like doing things at Tethered is so that people can modify it and yeah. customize it to whatever meets their needs. Let's face it, some people... So, have a hard time sitting down for various reasons and yeah that makes a grumpy turkey hunter so yeah absolutely i hate it when i sit down and my pad is flat in five minutes and i start my butt starts getting uncomfortable and then that you know you get up and move and here yeah. he comes and there he comes that's exactly right that root finally got the best of your right butt cheek and as yeah. soon as you adjust <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> that's exactly without right. a doubt every time how's the uh, how's day one? Oh, it's good it's busy yeah. It's got a good feel to it, and it seems Real like good. there's a lot of dang people here. A lot, a lot, of, lot people. of people. Yep. That's this is gonna a... be this. This is gonna be the craziest convention I've ever been to. Yeah, for sure. That's the the running theme in these conversations, and you're all correct. Yep. Like from the Fox Vest uh, release that happened, uh, I guess starting oh, gosh, at six waiting. p.m. last night. They're waiting out here to get in here on that thing. Mm -hmm. I had buddies texting me yesterday, like, "Is there any way you can get one of these for me?" It's like I, I was. It's like if I'm there tomorrow, maybe I can. But it's been hard to move around in there today. There's yeah. a lot of folks yeah. and getting to visit with people. I just, this is the best show. It's awesome. This is the best. It's show great energy. That, it's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, certainly happy for those lads and everything they're doing over there. You guys are uh, with the Woodhaven. Uh, you're you're yeah, right next. You're attached to them. Yeah. Um, so you guys are over there hanging out. That's a beautiful booth. Lots of fun calls to run and having good conversations. Oh, yeah. 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 There's a lot of folks coming through. And we've been working with the Mossy Oak guys on this vest for some time. And everybody that buys one of these vests will get a turkey stamp. Oh. A Mossy Oak turkey stamp. Talk more about that. that I, so. I didn't realize that was a thing. So yeah. That's talk a, about, is, that, well, is that a show special? Or is that just standard throughout? No, that's standard throughout. Okay. I, we're not selling very many of these at the show. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna release them and put them out for sale on the website and stuff later in they? the month of February, okay. early March, somewhere in there. But everybody that buys one is going to get one of their stamps. And Smart. we're also trying to put together some other some other additional funding there as well that we may pour into Habitat or something. So, Great. yeah, it's pretty cool. We're stoked about it. Yeah. Where's uh, what's your plans got you going this spring? Uh, we're going to Texas and I haven't been there mm. hunting turkeys. Okay. I've, I've hunted hogs down there and I've been down there filming some other projects over the years, but I've never turkey hunted in Texas. Yeah. Which is strange because it's huge. Yeah. And there's but it a seems lot of like there's a lot of access issues. There is. There's a state. lot of access issues. There's not near as much public land as you would think no. in a state that's that big. But is we're going to go down there and hunt early April, I think. Is it over 90% is privately owned? Is yeah. that a correct? Yeah. I, I think thought so. I heard that. Yep. Next guest up, that's Helen Show. Yeah. Hi, Helen. <laughs> that's yeah. what's so fun about this little little fishbowl everyone gets to walk around say hi and that's the fun of these these recordings you hear that that show that heartbeat of the show 
Yep. Um, yeah, Texas should be pretty dope. Uh, is it you going after Rios or what do you guys? Rios. Yep, that'll be yeah. good. I haven't hunted Rios for a couple years. And like I said, never hunted in Texas. So this yeah. is going to be a new experience for us. And we always like that. We, Even in states that we've been to regularly, we still try to go to new areas yeah. as often as we can. You know, even if there's fewer turkeys in those particular areas, yeah. it's just a, the challenge of seeing new country Something and new. figuring st- new stuff out is pretty rewarding. And we, do, we like to try to teach people as much sure. as we can. And seems like you can teach them. The more you fail, the more you can teach them. Like exactly showing right. Them mistakes along the way and stuff. So that's kind of the goal, I it's, guess. It's a good point you made there about, you know, uh, even if you've been there before, trying something different or going a little somewhere different. Because I, I got into a conversation with a buddy there was a, a piece of land that was posted close to me where I live that I I valued for so long and just put so much value in because I knew the potential of the piece and what was on it. Now, where I live, you guys know, you, you hunted up there the last couple of years. If it's not posted, you can play on it in New England for the, at least the top three states. Uh, this piece was posted, and it's a beautiful piece. And I, I had maintained a relationship with the landowner and finally got that permission. Well, I went out there and had you know three good seasons in a row. And by the fourth season, I, I got kind of got bored. You and, already figured it out. Well, I had figured it out, and I was like, "There's really no challenge here." I kind of know how this script is going to go. Yeah. And I stopped. Like, well, that's just asinine. Why would you want to give up such a beautiful piece? Because I've I've done it. I don't know. It just it for me. It was I I, I could kill a bird or I could hunt a bird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's just how it sat with me. So I, what I'm saying is, I appreciate that's your sentiment. exactly the way I feel about yeah. it. In the areas like that that i've grown up hunting some of them are private land anymore i'd rather just go out there and do like habitat improvement or take a youth hunter or Mm -hmm. something like that exactly and let them enjoy that property the way that i kind of used to and then i'll go down the road and i'll beat my head against the tree for a couple days hunting public land but that's just because exactly what you said like you spent your whole life figuring that area out Mm -hmm. or several years figuring that area out but i don't like like i i don't abandon that area i'd like to just sure i kind of take a different role into it if you will so now i'm really big into prescribed fire and forest sand management in there and all these other like i'm learning all these weird plant names that i never really (laughs) thought there was one in uh, nick backner was teaching me about they were doing this big thing in florida so florida georgia gum gum root or something i don't know some weird looking plant he's super smart and uh but this gum plant was like destroying habitat like we just get this i'm like i never heard it sound like a martian plant but yeah you start learning lots of cool stuff and it really levels up your experience yeah that's one thing that i that i've really gravitated towards these last couple years is we've went into the habitat realm a little bit and man it's super interesting i'm just fascinated by it i wish more people would get involved with it and that's one thing we've noticed with our videos is like a habitat video doesn't do as well as like a hunting video but i wish there was way some way that we could change that because the habitat stuff is super addictive i almost enjoy that me and my cousin that work on our farm together back home we were talking about it the other day is like man it was so much fun getting together and going out and burning that field the other day yeah. now we're going to go do some hinge cutting in this timber and then we're going to go do a bunch of hack and squirt and girdle and spray in this in the east you know wood lot it's I like would, you have all these plants that you can kind of see coming together yeah. and then you can see benefits from it. Like you can hear quail out there that you hadn't heard for a few years. Yeah. And then you see poults on camera. It's like, man, this has some serious benefit it to it. It worked. It works. Yeah. It's crazy. I so, think I think it's a real uh heady sort of undertaking, right? There's there's a lot of unknowns. And like when I say unknown, like people will start reading 
know, a, a how-to, if you will, something yeah. like that. And there's vernacular in there they've never heard. And I think maybe there's some ego with that. So they just give up. But once you get through it and you do it for a season or two, you just like turkey hunting, you start to get it. And and, as, and if you have property to do that on, uh, you should. And I, I think that's a great way to, to upgrade your, your experience uh, throughout the year. You know, we always look at we own the spring. That's that's us, the NWTF. It's no one else is doing it. Right. Everyone's got the big undulates and every you know, the big game in the fall and uh, maybe some duck hunting towards the end of the, the calendar year and into the fall. But I mean, spring is ours. Yeah. There's nothing and else really going on. How do you how do you keep people fired up throughout the year and, and perpetuate that storytelling ability and that message of, of this great organization? And, I think and right people there, are starting to see it, starting you know, to get it. As we've had some of the issues that we've had with turkeys in places, yeah. people are starting to really think about that more. Yes. And as more and more of the researches came out, I was talking with Doc about this the other day, Chamberlain. Yeah. And it's like everybody agrees that habitat can be improved. Sure. In a lot of these places. I mean, I think back to the old initiatives of Save the Habitat, Save the yep. Hunt, you know, from a decade ago mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like still it's the same case. Sure. And the more people that get knowledge about that, that was it was super intimidating for me. So I understand if yeah. you're if you're new to the habitat side, if it's intimidating. But after I, you know, learned a little bit about it, I realized, holy cow, you just need a few hundred bucks worth of tools and you can do a lot do for a lot. turkeys. Yeah. A lot. Awesome. In a short period of time. So, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty stoked. And then, about like it. you even said, like the residual effects on the other game species and non-game species alike. Oh, yeah. Quail, then, you got native native plants that are coming back yeah. in there that you haven't seen for 25 years. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really very cool. cool. And then you tell that story about what it means to be a conservationist to the non-hunting public yeah pun intended um that's that's a valuable story like yeah yeah i mean i go out there and i i take but here's here's what i'm putting back on the oh, land it's huge think about them just think about the general public forget yeah. hunting yeah. altogether. just think about everybody across the landscape majority of people are about you know wild places yeah. native habitats and that sort of thing they want nice long walks in the woods yeah. and to see whatever they Wild see flowers and, and everything yeah. else out there is like man it's all all of it benefits each other and as we saw during uh the the two-year blip in our history um there was i saw during turkey season a lot of uh, people out there outdoor recreating so we saw an uptick in in participants in the hunting community yeah which was great uh, but we also saw an uptick of just regular everyday folks i'm bored to death in my house i need to get out because there's nowhere else to go and they did oh yeah they national should. parks and state parks yeah. their attendance went through the roof during the pandemic yep. just went nuts because that's exactly right yep. people got people realize what they're missing almost yep. it's like you got what they crave as human beings when yes. it really boil it down yeah, yeah that's yeah. right that's awesome. Uh, what are you looking forward to uh, doing besides visiting with your fans here this this week? Any goals or anything in particular you want to see? Um, do? Here at the show? Yeah. I like to just cruise around and visit with folks and see what kind of new products are out there. Yeah. And I, I don't know, man. I just love sitting around and talking about turkey hunting stories. I especially love when folks bring their kids to the booth and they're like... You know, I got on hooked on your show a couple of years ago, and now both of my boys watch it. Or even if it's the other way around, a lot of times it's like I got a ten-year-old and a twelve-year-old, and they were watching you guys on YouTube, and I started watching. <laughs> and I, on yeah, YouTube. yeah, that's my kids, the the YouTube generation. Yeah. Before we go, I want to just hit on this because I know you can appreciate that. Do you not find there is an irony in the this resurgent of YouTube? Like it was very much. I don't know how old you are. I'm in my mid forties. 
YouTube came around well over a decade ago. Yeah, and it was just was crazy relevant. videos to start. Yeah, and then yeah. it just it just fell off the face. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like, I don't know, last handful of years, it's the place to be. You guys are proving that. Other folks are doing that. I love it. I think it's great. I just it just struck me funny that this isn't new. Like, right. Q, like QR codes. Same thing. <laughs> I was using QR codes. I worked for a call company over a decade ago. I'm like, dude, we got to put these things called QR codes on so we can <laughs> link people to our YouTube so you can see how to run that call. Yeah. Well, that's a really smart idea. And then I was like, well, these are getting too cumbersome and hinky. We don't want that all over our packaging. Okay, sure. And then they went away. QR codes everywhere now. Yeah. I don't know. Just an interesting uh, observation and editorial on I see how things the same come thing. around. It's same weird. Thing. And especially with kids nowadays, that's what they're on. It's weird. They're on YouTube and they're they're watching shorts or yeah. whatever. They're watching long form, both. But they're on there. And a lot of kids are watching gamer channels, Yeah, you know, with Strange. millions and millions of subscribers. So why not be on there? Exactly. Giving them an incentive yeah. to go outside and try something else. Yeah. My kid comes to me and says, I want to watch The Hunting Public. I'm like, yeah. As long as you stop watching that kid open presents, I yeah. don't, Dad, I don't get. <laughs> as long as you stop watching Fortnite, stop Minecraft watching the videos. other family. You have a family. You're part of one. Watch <laughs> us. It's so weird. Aaron, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming in. Have a great show. Thanks for all you do for turkey conservation. You and uh, your partners, and uh, you know, just enjoy the week. Thanks for being uh, who you are. No problem, Fred. Appreciate, Appreciate you coming man. in. All right, man. All right, at this time, I'd like to welcome in my friend Helen Cho, all the way from uh, NYC by way of Brooklyn. If you were here at the show for opening day and you had the pleasure of uh, enjoying the rendezvous that we had, you saw, met Helen. Honestly, I've been getting great feedback about it all day. Oh, really? How are you? How's your day? It's uh, a little overwhelming, but I'm stoked to be here. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, my mind is kind of blown. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... It's like sensory overload oh, in the sensory, best way right yeah totally yeah, yeah it's like going to willy wonka's chocolate factory which is also hilarious like, because i'm like can't get enough turkey you know enough turkeys in between i'm like in between doing the the talk and like yeah. whatever like walking around and stuff went back to the hotel room started watching turkey hunting videos <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> totally obsessed. completely hooked yeah. that's exactly right <laughs> yeah uh, it's amazing it's a it's absolutely like astonishing how many people are here mm -hmm. and how many people love turkey hunting yeah i mean i kind of knew that but just seeing it in person is just yeah it's massive so you think about it, i mean i don't know what the numbers are for today i mean this is definitely a pop in the thursday it, i mean is it usually this no, crowded no I mean, not for a thursday insane. i heard and again this is the, the audience is going to get tired of the redundancy but for you it's new maybe i was told earlier today when we start our, our interviews that there was a flipping uh, tornado warning i guess it's like storming out there so and then to that can't end tell, really no there's like all these people <laughs> kids took the day off school uh, you know everyone's walking around so it's yeah, great that's right his school day but, it's amazing uh, and we're in this like kind of greenhouse field. yeah it's it's do you remember um when i was a kid it, it was the biosphere it was out in arizona like uh -huh. these people were going to commit to live out there for two years i don't know whatever happened that would be super cool to cover it's probably like chernobyl i think it was it's, it's a, all it's abandoned, abandoned now yeah, is it i think ah. it's abandoned now i feel oh. like i've seen photos of that i wonder what that's like if there's not wrong, a, but i feel if like there's, there's not something... a hole in the biosphere <laughs> what is that ecosystem like i want to go into that let's go right now what kind of turkeys are in there yeah, exactly. are there turkeys in there <laughs> yes <laughs>
How was your day? I Man. feel like you've been running around and like you've been yeah. doing so many podcasts. By the way, that lineup is insane. It's like, it was a I good just saw lineup. Aaron, who I haven't met, but he I've, obviously I've seen his videos and stuff too. We got a good lineup for the three days. I'm very pleased with. Uh, we added an extra day this year uh, from last year. We had two days. I had different commitments last year, but now uh, because of uh, I, I moved over and, and managing the social media side of it and doing other stuff that it, it allowed me to free up uh, a day. So we were able to build a, a bigger, stronger schedule. So I'm very pleased with it. I'm glad you're here. Oh, I'm to so do excited. This. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Yeah. You know, one of the things also that I was talking to Daniel and Neil about backstage, was, yeah. you know, the turkey vest thing that I can't get over how I mean, people were lining up last night mm -hmm. to get their ticket in order mm -hmm. to buy a turkey vest today at 11. And when I went in after our talk to see that line, it felt like I was like, this is the like hunting equivalent of like a supreme drop yeah. of like a Jordan, you know, like yeah. if, if people are riding up, camping out overnight to get. That's exactly right. A sneaker, you know, it's pretty amazing. Yep. 6 p.m. I love that. I think it's so cool. That kind of like, I don't even know if you call it a subculture. It's just something that I never in my wildest The purest. So, imagined. I mean. It's amazing. The those, artistry of it, too, and the history. So yeah. Cool. Th so that's it, right? I mean, there is there's that nuance that comes with it and, and those that family has done such a good job of being who they are right and they have a legacy built in and you know there's certain turkey nerdum that comes with that that's associated with them so for that particular product it really hits on uh notes of nostalgia it harkens back to the dixon vest that was a numbered uh, release bob dixon so there there is a lot of uh, recall that comes with that but updating it and then you know the story with their their grandfather and just the whole legacy of, of that family going into this project and then oh by the way yeah it's an expensive msrp but every dollar is going back into turkey yeah, research so cool. like holy smokes that's so cool um yeah i was just at their booth uh, i'm total fangirl by the way now yeah, you made I some, mean, i thought it was you before, made new friends yeah <laughs> i just excused I, myself yeah. I was like hey you guys do yeah. your thing you show me all these photos i'm like i'm gonna be we're gonna be hanging out soon i'm sure no, no but i went over awesome. there the companion stuff i just bought some stuff it looks so amazing <sighs> they yeah. still got stuff left yeah that's the only downside of doing this is i'm, I'm relegated here and i haven't been able to buy anything which christy my wife will be happy like, about great yeah. <laughs> last thing your closet needs is more stuff no seriously like john and my boyfriend and i had to be like let's get out of here like this is like <laughs> this is insane i'm gonna buy everything in this that's in this awesome store. um but yeah no this is amazing i like i want to come back every year now it's just you wonderful should. yeah i mean i don't know it was and then bring your friends see this is that's the whole thing is like i think people are so curious i've been like posting a little bit about being here and you know a lot of my friends are like I, like I said earlier, I think they're really curious. And to me, like turkey hunting truly is, I think, one of the most accessible, like 100%. accessible hunting because everyone has had, eaten turkeys. It's also like a, it's a smaller animal. So it, I think even butchering it, there's like an element. You know, it's one thing to like when I butchered my, the elk, that was the first animal that I it's killed. It's not an arduous process of packing a thousand That's pound I mean, animal out, right? You know, and it's like, but Pick there's still the go. adventure and like, you know, and then the sort of the sounds are unbelievable. And yeah, I think the whole process, you can do it in a, in a weekend, you can get it done, you know, and I think, um, yeah, I also like shooting, a, I have, I shoot a 20 gauge and like, yeah. like, I could shoot a 12 gauge, but I shoot a 20 gauge and for me, it's like, 
if I, you know, if somebody that I grew up like or somebody that I know like never has hunted or never shot a gun before, like that also is something that you can get into without, with, you know, with the advance in uh, the advances in technology through TSS loads, and now with a lot of states legalizing four tens for the taking of turkey. I mean, you want to talk about accessibility? I got my son uh, it was a Stevens three hundred one last year, and I picked it up. I'm like. I love my 12 gauge, but yeah, yeah, I like I mean. this way more. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, yeah, I got the job done. It's it, it totally did. Like, At 40 yeah. yards. That's 40 yards saying. and in. Stone dead. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I, so that's when you start getting into these, the, the minutia of turkey culture. And, and you really start like, okay, now I'm comparing my loads to my guns and the weight. And you just, you, you, um, you customize the experience to you and what makes mm -hmm. you happy. You can only do that by getting out there and doing it and experiencing it. Oh, yeah. It. I have a, like a, you know, like a wooden gun or a wood gun. And now I'm like, I would love a synthetic one that yeah. you can like get dipped in like yeah. uh, Bottomlands or something. That's yeah, yeah. Amazing. Those Stevens came in Bottomlands. Really? Yeah. yeah. The new Bottomland, not the OG Bottomland, but it's still nice. Yeah. You know, it looks good. But, um, yeah, man, there's just, it's endless. I'm excited about your excitement because of the things we, we touched on at the rendezvous on the stage but then you know all day you've been sharing stuff and i don't know if you accept this or not but you're influential you have a following you have people that look to you and how amazing is it and i hope you can appreciate this that by your simple excitement of, of posting this stuff and sharing this with with your friends organically I'm so curious to find out how many people I take you up on it. Like, hey, dude, I want I want in on this. Oh yeah, I mean, Help this me. year I'm I'm gonna take that more seriously. I I think I'm gonna start also filming my own hunts. That's gonna be awesome. Just to even, I mean, I don't know. I would love to post them, but even if it is just to document it myself, yeah. I mean, it's so rare, right? Like that, my very first hunt is documented for this. Like anyone yeah. can watch it from getting my like license like my hunting license when i was i don't know it was this was what, 2014 or something not that long ago and you know going to the gun range learning how to i mean i grew up in brooklyn like nobody knew had guns i was afraid of like yeah. i didn't even know how to handle ammo i was like if i drop this it's, it's gonna, gonna explode like a, yeah right? I was like, this is really stupid but like it's gonna explode like, more people think you know that I mean? than don't like, yeah. i have no idea i have such a deep respect for firearms in that way i think once you know about it, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it, it, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I have my first few hunts documented, like my squirrel hunt, my white tail hunt. And so now I'm like, I should just continue filming it just for myself, even if it's not a crew, just yeah, yeah. film it, you know? And that's what I was encouraging everyone else to do. Cause I think that, you know, you had just, you had Aaron on the podcast, you know, just before me. And mm -hmm. it's like, I think more and more people are gonna, like YouTube is not going away. No. I think people, you know, I see there's like this Hmong American, guy that i i watch this guy samong uh, outdoors and he you know posts like turkey hunts and like you know elk hunts with his family is he the chef no no oh. that's that's another i know what you're talking about okay. but but this guy is just out there in like washington state like hunting and he has his own youtube channel and it's like it's so cool to see all these different kind of hunters you know um we were he and i that was like the last thing we hit on is is it, for me i i remarked that you know youtube <laughs> people especially like my kids and his kids and young kids like they act like this is this new great thing and like yo it's been around for a decade and a half it came like the qr code it <laughs> left yeah. like out of the totally obscure and then all of a sudden there's this resurgence but i love it for the same reason you do because yeah. 
I, I, I think people accuse me of beating up on outdoor television a lot. And, and I do um, to an extent. I appreciate what it did in its time and it had its place in time. But for quality storytelling, it's it's past its prime. Yeah. Um, and I want to I want to hear from just regular people. Robbie Kroger was in here earlier today with Blood Origins. And I and I told him, you know, I started following you when you first came out and you had the heavy hitters and I get to establish it. But now when you release a video, a movie or documentary, I'm like, who the hell is that? And I love that. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to know more. Like, who is this person? And what is their story? Totally. And it and it makes it all more connected, that we're all more alike than we are not alike. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's exactly right. And I think one of the things, like I come from traditional television, right? Like no. doing the Netflix and HBO. Right. But in that kind of television, there are so many gates that it goes, goes through for like, well, you know, like different checks and right. things. And, and so the product is pretty polished by the time you see it sure. on air. And what I love so much about YouTube and things like TikTok and, you know, social media is that, you know, it's really raw. And it's, in fact, like the less polished in some ways, the better. better. Because, yeah, you're embracing all the flaws. You're embracing like that's all real. Yep. If you mess up a shot or you're running and, you know, you're, I don't know, crawling to like go for a turkey and you don't want the perfect shot. It's like that's part of the hunt, too. You know, and I, I'm excited to. I think it's a little bit of like deprogramming my brain because I'm so used to yeah. it being, having to be so perfect. But so it, I think touch, touch on that real quick, just so the audience has a yeah. full understanding, like um, yeah. quick resume and what, what it means to be an EP and, and a showrunner and stuff like yeah, that. Sure. Who, and a couple of the heavy hitters you work with. Sure. Yeah. So I, I produce on a show called uh, Parts Unknown with Anthony Bourdain for yeah. many, many years. I mean, I worked from a production assistant all the way up, you know. Um, and then, uh, you know, that is like a producer on that show was, um, you know, doing everything from finding the stories, uh, like coming up with, um, you know, a treatment to see well, who we're going to film with, coming up the scenes, um, you know, to like doing the actual logistics of like locking down the restaurants and, you know, locations and things like that. Wow. Um, and on that show also, we had a hand in, you know, shaping the, the post-production of it. So sometimes you'd even be helping, right, helping to write narration and, and voiceover and things like that, right? Um, you know, that unfortunately ended. Um, and from then, I uh, I was co-directing on My Next Guest with David Letterman, which was a show on Netflix. I, I feel bad that I forgot you did that. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? No, it doesn't. But I... I- I forgot you did that. And I remember when I I remember when I learned, I was like, holy smokes, I had no idea. That's amazing. (laughs) We did season two and three. And this is another thing that I love so much about television, right? Like, so on my next guest, there were, you know, things like I knew nothing about Formula One. Right. And Mm. uh, we did an episode with Lewis Hamilton. I had to learn everything about Lewis Hamilton, everything about Formula One. And like now I'm completely obsessed. But that to me is like what is so amazing about documenting and documentary and television is that I got to explore these worlds that I would have no access to. And yeah. that's really why I got into it. Because I grew up in Brooklyn. My parents were like, you know, they had like a fruit and vegetable stand and um, they were really busy. And my, I, I mentioned why someone could be. Mailman, and I never went on vacation. And so for me, the yeah. camera was a vehicle to get me to different places. And I knew that there was more beyond my means that I wanted to explore. That's so that's how I got into hunting. Yeah. Was that was because of a TV show. Like I would never in my right. like, yeah even if i tried probably would not have gotten into hunting 
um, for it not for working on television. And I was so lucky that I feel like I got to like hunt with the like Michael Jordan of, you know, hunting. I mean, it's like, I, again, even at the time, I didn't know. I remember when I met Steve, I met him through like a photo album. And before I even met him in the office, because this is back when he was living in Brooklyn. Yeah. And I had to scan photos from when he was like a kid of all of the things that he had like hunted. Yeah. So it was just all like a hunting, yeah, the hunting family, like kind of like a, you know, family album or something. And I was just like, who is this guy? It's just like pages and pages of different species and things. Um, but yeah, I think that's what's so awesome about uh, yeah, TV is that like, yeah, you get to like be so um, embedded in that world, you know? Um, so yeah, I think like, so I did that. And then after um, my next guest, uh, I worked on another show called um, United States of America with W. Kamau Bell, which was on CNN. And and then recently I was the showrunner, um, executive producer of Takeout with mm-hmm. Lisa Ling on HBO Max. And, and the showrunner really in traditional television is kind of like, there's no part of the process that you don't touch. Really? You're kind of like head creative director but also head producer um so you do all the hiring you hire directors editors you hire the cinematographers you know i was on every single one of those shoots and um managing the edits delivering it to the network you know consolidating all the notes that's the thing about also about youtube what's amazing is that there's no notes there's no unless yeah, you want them to amazing. be there i mean well there's notes internally i'm sure if you sure. have a team but you know well, with networks the there's like yeah you have different you know creative executives giving you notes mm. every step of the way there's like rough cuts and fine cuts and Ugh. picture lo- you know what i mean there's so many different you know um gates kind of to go through but i don't know i'm really excited to see what um i don't know what comes of just filming myself and be having awesome. it be really like messy and raw yeah. and like literally might even just shoot on my iphone and that's why i was encouraging everyone i think youtube is not going anywhere no it's, it's just growing yeah um and people can like you know literally live off of making youtube videos which is i think that's absolutely the part amazing. that blows my mind yeah. right because you knew back in the day that you could do that but it was only a select few it wasn't everybody had this opportunity to monetize and and be savvy with business with it right yeah. there's there are models out there on how to do this how to and you know I, I i crap on them the little kids playing video games that my kids are watching but good on you dude the reaction videos like i mean honestly that's why i'm looking to move into that space as well i think i will still like traditional television is my bread and butter i will still yeah. probably always work in that space but i think to me what's exciting is you know what can we do on youtube i mean good storytelling is good storytelling that, i think it's exactly a little bit right. of like right format change and whatnot but i think that's what's so exciting i mean yeah i'm really excited about this sort you do gotta have a team right because like i look at gilbert who you met who produces this he does all the rendering and all the tech spec stuff on it <laughs> I'm a dummy when it comes to that. I like I like these conversations. Yeah. I, I think I got a grasp on on how to do it. And I, I can I feel like I can tell a good story with, with the guests I'm having. Like right now, I think we're doing a pretty good job. Um but no, I mean like I couldn't just all right, now I got this. It's stuck in my phone. What am I gonna do with it? Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's showing my age or or what it is, or I just don't have the acumen for it, but I guess you gravitate to what you like and what mm-hmm. you, what you feel like you're good at. So, uh, Sydney, our our director of uh, membership, was in here a little bit ago, and I, we were talking about you know leadership and building teams. It's like a good leader surrounds themselves with a the talent that's better than them, understands their Absolutely. deficiencies and their weaknesses, yep. and you go out and you facilitate filling those blanks in, and not being the smartest person in the room. 
and then it's such a better oh, better absolutely. way of doing business. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I'm an amazing editor. Like I have really talented editors yeah. that make the shows really good. But if you're you a good know? storyteller, yeah, you can you can you, you know can't direct somebody into a way that you know you feel like the, the episode can be great. But I think uh, yeah, it's a. I mean, like you said, I think it's all about surrounding yourself with really yeah. amazing people. Yeah. So that's what showrunning is. Honestly, it's about it's a little bit kind of like talent scouting, which really? is a job that I love so much. I mean, what's amazing too is a lot of the the editors and people that I found were people that I'd never worked with. But I am the kind of person that will watch every single video on their website. Yeah. Watch like some deep cut on their Vimeo weird experience. <laughs> mental videos i'm like okay this person like has good sense of like music and pacing but it's just like a random weird experimental short i'm like if they could do that in like five minutes what can they do in 30 minutes huh. you know? and i like that sort of um you know challenge of seeing what can happen because the thing is you hire the same people like if i hire the same people who did no reservations or any of these other it's sort gonna of travel, be the same product yeah it's the same thing right so same I mean, signatures made, on everything right the yeah same exactly stylistic tendencies right oh, yeah but i think it's there's something there's like a magic to people who are just like really invested um maybe don't have the experience but have you know certainly have the talent to do that's why stuff. I stopped. Uh, sure. I stopped listening to podcasts years ago when I started doing this for the same reason because I recognized quickly and specifically with Steve, um, and then maybe one or two others. There wasn't many I was listening to, but I was all of a sudden I was starting to consume because I was into it and I was starting to really accept this medium for what it was and its potential. And like lights are going off, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is a monster. I know I'm a couple of years late to the party, but you know, for for the space and what it was. But the same thing, if you see, listen to the same people and over and over again, you're going to start ripping them off. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, you don't yeah, realize yeah. you're doing it, but then you go listen playback. I don't even listen to these anymore. Like I have like my philosophy is I had the conversation like <laughs> yeah. we produce it. I listen to those to make sure everything's where it needs to be. And I'm like, yeah, it's good. I already had that conversation. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but I when I would listen to critique myself, I'm like, yo, I, then my cadence just went up and down like a, a Ranilla. I don't want to sound like him. I'm not him. <laughs> And he's and someone like him at the time and still so damn popular that yeah. you're like you're ripping him off. Yeah, like I'm really not. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a bummer, but in a roundabout way, I, I I'm, I'm drawing a correlation to what you're saying about the showrunners and, and and diversifying that. So. Yeah, it's I miss missing some folks. I mean, I do think that if you're starting out, though, that's not a bad thing to kind of because you have to draw inspiration. Yeah, drawing inspiration and then figuring out what your own style is. How the thing works. Yeah, I think that's a good sort of mm-hmm. way to do it. But I, and I see a lot of YouTubers doing that too. Yeah. You know, when I see some, I'm like, oh, I recognize this yeah, yeah. sort of thing from you yeah. Know, this other. There's person. there's a formula to some of it, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Um, I yeah. hope you do it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. This year, I feel like I have some time. So I haven't signed on to anything, another project yet. Um, and I purposely am kind of holding out. Um, I'm sure my agents are very happy to hear that. But <laughs> I, I'm like, I need time to go hunt and like yeah. really dedicate this. Did you tell to, like, them that? Well, I told I they, de- they definitely know that May is like off the table. Yeah. They know that my Mays are like. It's fantastic. No meetings in May because <laughs> I go turkey hunting and they don't really understand it because they're based in New York and L.A. But yeah. They're like, I respect your decision, <laughs> whatever, whatever you're doing. I know you're not available. So, uh, yeah, but um, I don't know. I think we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think I'm going to hunt in New York this year, which I haven't done. Um, 
you know, ever really. Actually, that's, that's not true. I hunted once. You and Cliff upstate. need to hunt together. Yeah. So we've been DMing, but yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, don't let the cat out of the bag. But when we stop recording, you can. Okay. Because um, if there's something to be had there. I'd- I would love to hunt with him. Ooh. I'm going to link up. I'm going to try to link up with him when I get back. I didn't know that he was um, leading the New York City chapter. Yeah, and they're gonna. So he cool. said he. Was, I feel bad. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. He's like, you got you got five minutes. I was like, I really don't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and normally, like, I'll I'll take this call any day of the week. I love the guy. No, we um, haven't met. I'm yeah. I'm dying to meet. He's, he's fantastic. He's got a great attitude. Um, I was watching his. Uh, wasn't there a contest that he entered? There was like some contest. That I loved watching his videos. I'm like, no, I hope he wins. Did you see the? Um, Oh, he's not going to kill me for it because he put it out there. Uh, Beach Body? No. What's that? Beach Body like Tony Horton? Yeah. He was an extra. No way. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's amazing. I see. He posted. I was like, I was like, I'm into Tony Horton back when I started working out. I'm like, did I see you in That's some of amazing. my videos? This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's back there and working out and doing stuff but they're, they're gonna come down here he told me in the text earlier yesterday he's like we're coming the whole the whole squad the oh, whole cool. chapter we're gonna come down oh really and be there oh, next cool. year so it'll be great to have him and, and those folks and again getting back to kind of how we started you and your influence and, and your voice just again the simple stuff you've been doing for the last 12 hours exposing people to this and and now letting them know that there's a there's an nyc chapter of this and we can actually like we can network at a minimum or we could maybe do something tangible. Right? Yeah. That'd be amazing. It's the sky's the limit. Yeah. I really right feel now. like, I, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I think like, I still feel like such a student, you know, I'm just absorbing as much as I can. And every day I'm learning so much, just Cliff's, being out in the woods and Cliff's story is the same. Yeah. He, um, he was way late to it. He had been hunting for two years and he's putting out videos and just trying to tell people how to do it. And yeah. he recognized like, I've only been at this for two years. So, you know, I'm telling you things I know and what right. I'm learning. And I'm not speaking to the season 20 or right. 30 year hunter. Right. I'm speaking to the guy in Queens mm-hmm. who just wants to go try He's this. Interested. Yeah. The whole the whole logistics of getting oh, from yeah. where you live oh, totally. to get to a space you can hunt legally yes. boggles my mind. Yeah. I have a car, so that helps. That you does know? help. He he had one he has one car for his family because he drives for a living. Right. But then they then he metros everywhere. Yeah, that's amazing. with his bow and his bottom land. <laughs> I love it. What so I was then earlier, was when like, you kill something, then what? Oh, I know, I know. You gonna bring that sucker back on the train? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's there's been you know plenty of weird things on the train that people have seen. Probably they so. probably wouldn't even, you know bat an eye. Maybe but. not. Maybe I'm putting too much <laughs> on it. No, but it is the logistics of it. People don't understand. I mean, even just like how to get a hunting license, like people have no idea. Right. So that's part of the things that I would love to. Right, and that was one of our first conversations. Mm-hmm. You hit me to that. Hunter's Ed in New York City. And I was like, I don't know why I thought that was a, wasn't not a thing, but I mean, it just, there should be one. There should be more than one. I know. Right. So, um, yeah, it's been, I've been so, I feel so grateful for hunting. I think, you know, you know, Tony passed away in 2018 and that was really hard for me. And I think I spent a lot more time out in the woods and that was like very healing. It was either like going to music and going to loud shows so I could drown out everything or like sitting in stillness in the woods. And it was, which is also equally loud. 
Yeah, it exactly. Is. Yeah, super loud. Super loud. Yeah. The, the, um, the loudest silence you'll ever hear. Yeah, With a absolutely. pure spot. And it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I can't stress that enough. I think there's, you know, we live in such a fast world, you know, and to be on the woods. Um, you're sitting at the bottom hear, of a, a pine tree or an oak tree. Yeah. And you're watching this black ant just walk across the top of your boot. Exactly. Back and forth. Exactly. For five minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's entertaining. It's pure. It's nice. I'll yeah. take that. I'll take that black ant. Right. All day. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Yep. So I feel really lucky about that. Um, and uh, yeah, and like like it's amazing to like hang out with you and like meet everyone here who's been again like so wonderful. Yeah, I you know it's a good group, man. I I, I say it all the time. Anyone in this area that's a member, I know I could probably invite to my my house, have dinner with me, and I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll share my turkey fields and woods with you. Come on, see that's the secret. To, I'll, I'll, we were talking about stage, like how to get people to like. <laughs> join you know the like the foundation the federation it's like part of it is like if you want to get into hunting the secret is you should join it's networking a conservation group mm-hmm. like nwtf because the people there like want to you know meet and recruit new hunters and In so way, they will share resources yeah, and you're it's sort like of vetted fast track yeah you're vetted and it's kind of a fast track in order to get you know tips and access yeah. and things like that so i, I think s- that's like a big tip i say it all the time when you see that that logo it's like a UL stamp on the bottom of an electric, whatever, your iron or something. Like, you know, UL and iOS or ISO went through and, and said, yep, this is good. You can plug this in and not kill your family. Like, you can count on it. Yeah, exactly. When you see the NWTF logo, the membership, you can count on that. Right. And that's that's powerful. Yeah. For me, I mean, after Meat Eater, because, like, I didn't live in Montana. When mm. I, I go after that elk hunt, I went in Wisconsin. These people were wonderful. Like, Doug was amazing. Let us hunt there. And then yeah, yeah. Come back to New York, and it's, like, complete disconnect, right? I have nobody I know. I have no access to land. I have no idea. Mm. And so that's what, like, Steve and Yanni and Ryan were telling me. It's like, you should join these other organizations yep. because you'll meet other people who are interested in hunting or or know somebody who has, you know, land. Um and so that was a way to kind of stay connected, you know, but it was still difficult, you know, and I think, uh, yeah, oh, I, just, I just lost my balance. Dude. That was weird. You okay. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to drink water. Like the whole world just went like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's like a, a, a tip for that's a great tip. Aspiring hunters is like yeah. connect with a, you know, local NWTF or organization that um, invests in conservation and, and hunter recruitment. So how long you, you how much more time you got here? Um, I'm taking off tomorrow afternoon. Okay. Yeah, we're driving to see my nephew. Well, I'm glad to have had you. I'm glad oh, you enjoyed thank you it. so much. I really. hope you enjoy the Such rest a, of the time. Oh, so wonderful. I've had so much fun. Truly. I've been selfish with you. We've, we've gone way over. Oh, have I we? Don't oh, see sorry. My, I don't see Darrell yet, so he may be out there with Gilbert. I haven't met Darrell. It's, you should hang around. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would he's, love to meet him. He's super awesome. Um, thank you for everything. Thank and you. I look forward to continued conversations and friendship yeah, and uh, absolutely. helping however I can. Thank you and, for supporting me, and uh, oh, I yeah. hope to support you in whatever way I can. Yeah, you bet. I'm happy to be here. So. Safe travels home. Thanks. All right. Bye. Where are you? He <laughs> <laughs> said, look, I got a lot of behind the scenes BTS stuff. Listen Dude. to this. <laughs> There's a, I've, I've destroyed more than I have. Oh, and especially when I was doing my own record, uh, my own ads. Yeah. And not having the sponsors kick them in. Dude. I thought it would be better because I always liked how some people fashion those themselves because there was an organic nick. Did that ever word? It's the, you're the or, last one or, of the day. Or you've been going, man. There but was a there was a simplicity to it and a natural transition. So if you're like, oh, I just want to thank Nomad Outdoor and uh-huh. blah 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 blah, uh-huh. go through it and like, okay, now we're gonna roll. 
And I was like, or you can send me your canned stuff. And it sounds like a <laughs> hyper produced thing. But I don't know. But but you know what, though, when they send it, though, I feel like it makes it just a touch more official. Though It's easier for Gilbert, the producer. Ah, we love Gilbert, though. I do, too. We just spent a whole bunch of time with Gilbert. How was um, that? Well, it was cool. So what'd you guys do. I'm actually on the hunt. For? No pun intended. Pun intended. No pun intended. Whatever. Um, for an heirloom call, a call that I can give to my son. Which kind? Um, Box? A slate call. Slate call? Yeah. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. And this is way, way. I'm thinking 15 down, fifteen years down the road. What, what, did you go to Dave Holler? And- so I went to, I did there, but there was another, I can't remember what, I took a photo of it and I know where their booth is. Dig up the photo I'll, it, so see. I can introduce you. We're still, uh, they were going with this. Uh, Darrell Smith, you guys in this audience know well who he is. Oh, nice. That's a copper. Yeah. Yeah. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Terrell Smith with Sporting Life Notebook and Minority Outdoors is here with his lovely wife, Ashley. She is in the behind the scenes managing his personality. <laughs> and he's joining me on the mic and it's hot. <laughs> Terrell's the last uh, last interview of the day here on Thursday, February 16th at this uh, NWTF National yes, sir. Convention and Sports Show. Yes, That's a beautiful sir. call. I'm so glad you're here, dude. Dude, thank you. Um, I, I'm glad to be here for this is my second year here. Yeah, yeah. Last year we were up on the stage. Yeah, you are. You I, got a shout out this morning. I referenced it this morning. Well, thank you, my so friend. You weren't even there and you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there in spirit. Yeah, t- you were. Okay. It was, it was it was relevant. It was good. <laughs> and it just name dropped the name drop. <laughs> Fred, we're gonna have too much, too much fun on here. I know. And we're not even drinking. There's no there's no suds. There, there's no suds, but again, suds in spirit. Yep, I'm with you. Suds in spirit. Tell me more I, about this call. So I wanted to find a call that you know, I didn't want to get a box call. I've got a box call. He'll probably get that down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted something that was unique. And I'm I, I set like a standard for myself. So aesthetics, something that does not look like something common. Sure. I, I hate to say common. No, no, I don't want to insult I, I know anybody, what you're but saying. something that doesn't look like somebody else has. Yeah, yeah. Um, something with some character, something with some grit. Those um, copper plates are just, they sing, man. And it just. It's like I a mean, record. It, that's what I'm saying, dude. And All right, so you say records. I just started really getting into collecting vinyls. Yeah. You know, and 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 I kind of think about it like that. Like, I don't want everybody's vinyl. Mm-hmm. I only want certain records. And I kind of think about this call like that, you yeah. know, as far as the artistry of it. What does it sound like? I want her to sing like like a Billie Holiday. Mm-hmm. If, if Billie Holiday had like a scratchy throat. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, that's kind of what I, what I was going for in that particular call. Um, like I said, I know where the booth is. I just literally, it was Ty Calls. Boom, there we go. I took a picture of the back. Cool, I recognize that logo. Yep, 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 yep. Turkey so butt. It was, yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's pretty cool it's it's beautiful man and i think it would age well yeah yeah there's um, so many talented call makers out on that floor dude. not never mind the the outbuilding with the competition yeah just the people that are out there selling the stuff they know they're good at mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's why i reference holler i mean i when, here's a fun story for you real quick okay so when when i first started here i didn't know crap about call making i didn't uh-huh. know who's who in the zoo i knew the people i saw on tv mm-hmm. right I wasn't like completely immersed into the culture or the subcultures. And uh, uh, my buddy, Sean Dickey, who's the regional director in Ohio, I'm walking with him and uh, I think Josh Grossenbacker mm-hmm. of uh, Rolling Thunder Calls now. Mm-hmm. I think at the time he was with AVNX. 
So anyway, we're walking and it was my first year. And when you're the first year RD and typically if there's spots open in the custom call making, that's where you go. Yeah. And you learn. Right. So I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like Johnny on the spot with custom calls. Like, Oh, I saw this and I saw that. And I'm like getting super smart. So Dave Hollerin walks up and Dickie is, is walking me too. And he's like, Oh yeah, this is a call maker, Dave Holler. And I was like, Oh, cool. Did you ever enter your stuff into our competition? <laughs> what? <laughs> he just looks at me. He's like, yeah, I've done it a time or two. I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And Dickie pulls me aside. He's like, so I need to speed you up on who some of these people are. So then we right, get over right, to his booth. Right. Like each box calls like a min 150. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I was like, listen, man, still learning. I didn't know. But I like your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but <coughs> rookie mistakes, man. And I, that, you know what you know, right? But, you know, what, what, all right. So from that point, would you have imagined being in the seat that you are now doing no. what you were doing? That, that Fred Bird then. No. You see what I'm saying? Like it's it's the evolution, man. And you know, and I and I feel like, see, I relate more. Same there. thing with you. Yeah. Like I'm well, see, with turkey, turkey hunting, this is my sophomore yeah. season, sophomore junior season, somewhere in between there. Um, in a sense that like I know enough to be to sustain on my own. I know what I like. Yeah. And I, I for Georgia. For Georgia, I, I know where I want to go. Yeah. but I, but see, my eyes are still way wide open um, because again, I spend so much time in the quail woods. And what I also like about Turkey is the overlap. I don't jump so many jakes Dude, and stuff like real. that. Like just looking for for other stuff. Yeah, and man, that's a that's a quick you know if pin you drop have, right there. If you have good quail habitat. You mm-hmm. have good turkey habitat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they pop up like little velociraptors. Too, they man. are, dude. <laughs> exactly, exactly correct. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's for me, it's the time of the season where I can actually relax. And that may sound like a bit of a contradiction, but like, I get it. You know, there's a lot here and, and I'm going hard from November to February for, for one completely different type of significantly smaller bird. And now I can kind of let the guard down. You know, I'm, I can actually embrace in the knowledge that I don't know. And now I feel like I'm I'm be- like now I feel like I'm back in the woods, per se. You know, what I'm saying in the sense that, like, I know there's still a lot that I'm looking for. You know, what I'm saying there's. So- Go ahead. So in your sophomore year, what do you what would you say is is more forgiving? Because I probably have a total time in the upland woods of a sophomore. Yeah. In my hunting career. You get more opportunities in the upland woods and, and, and fields. Mm. Whereas you only get one potentially one you're limited on your turkeys. You can shoot a but hell of a limited lot more. in quail though. Are you? Because I'm I'm exclusively wild quail. Okay. So so what the, the the miss hurts as much on a quail oh as my it god, does. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, it Okay, it, so quantify that for me. Like what's which one's more what? I it I think Is there more pressure quail, on you from quail a business is, standpoint? Yeah, a hell of a lot. It's more pressure for the dogs or, okay. or me about the dogs. That's that. I think that's the part that's not forgiving because I've been in you know doing my bird dog thing like seven seven something years now. Yeah. With and and see the thing is I guess quail are a bit more forgiving in that there's a bunch of birds they're exploding. I may only get one covey, and then the other week I got like six wild coveys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Take on guided hunts and stuff like that, and it's all public land. Um, I think. 
turkey is a bit more forgiving because your actions aren't always the thing that makes those birds leave like fair you see what i'm saying like fair i can screw i when i when i mess up on quail i know what happened it was either a dog might have took a half a step too far or you know or i was just not shooting well i shoot a 410 and a 28 you know i'm saying like they're they're those things but the misses don't hurt as bad with quail but quail are, are 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 a little bit more forgiving and again you you got a big old covey you got to pick one versus turkey turkey hurts man i mean even <laughs> like us hunting last year dude that hurt it hurt I'm not gonna I mean, lie. when i got home i was like i probably should have shot this <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and it's it's the i should have shot that like there it was three right jakes it was right in the moment it, w- it but it was like like I was personally happy that you came all the way down and you, you we got contact yeah. and we saw them, but again, we didn't do anything wrong. Nope. Other the than the guy not we were going trigger. after was up on the plateau behind us and wouldn't break. Yeah. And what were the odds that we would be sitting right there? Yeah. You see, it what was saying? so much fun. That was fun, but it was like, oh man, like we, and that's the thing that you also embrace about nature is with turkey hunting it really is the great equalizer sometimes you have nothing to do with the moment nothing to do with it i mean you have everything to do with the moment because you're in it but you those turkeys didn't know we were there you know nobody no idea it was a competition between three jakes and a tom yeah and his hen or two that he probably had up there with it right no and 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 we were sitting right in the middle of it in the crosshairs and we didn't have anything to do with it but yet it fell apart yeah you know it was good it was good but i mean it it was good in the sense of the experience and just being out there but fell apart as in them jakes and them times and one nothing to do with each other um yeah they did not want to be in the same space Mm -mm. and 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 i I love it because as human beings and i and i was talking about this uh particular aspect with um my breeder uh, uh katie Katie Cook, Katie and Paul Cook, uh, Alder Fork English setters up in Wisconsin. Well, I was talking to Katie and I was like, you know, we as human beings, I was talking about like why I don't obedience train my dogs because it's boring to me. But I was <laughs> I was I just don't. I want I want you to hunt and be gone, run and I'll come to you. Um, but I was saying to Katie, like we as human beings have this thing to dominate right we have this thing that we have to dominate if it's a a country if it's something we don't have we got to have it we got to control it and we got to manipulate it control you know turkey hunt you gotta let that go yep you gotta let that go you'd be the greatest caller in the world and if something is off about that pitch the frequency the how how hard you calling the how coyote slinking in that you have no idea is there but that bird knew for the last 300 yards he right, was there right yeah the crow that just will not leave mm-hmm. and keeps upsetting the other you know or it, there's so many variables that force you to have to relinquish the need to dominate and control mm-hmm. and that's why i kind of it that's why i say it's kind of a thing that i can let my guard down yeah because you just got to be in the moment you got to you got to take it how it is these birds are smart you know it's 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 i really do feel like i'm playing chess i don't really feel like i'm playing chess when i'm quail hunting 
Got it. I feel like I'm playing chess when I'm turning. Playing hide and seek. Yeah. Yeah, There you go. It's hide and seek and tag your it kind of deal. It's up to the dog that ever formed you. You can't see him. That's why you have the dog. Right. And and I mean, I got some pretty solid dogs. Like at this point, we hunt so much. I mean, they're looking for objectives. They're doing all the right things, but it's 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 not that with turkey. Hmm. And that's what I like. I and and so much I'm I'm really interested in how people turkey hunt with dogs but i don't want to do it like i personally because i do it all season it's a different way of doing it right i mean you're not like i don't think i don't think there's a lot of scent hunting Mm -mm. and then sight hunting and they're just blitzing them Mm -hmm. that's it as long as the dog listens and comes back your obedience training that right you so love right I don't think turkey dogs are free, (laughs) (laughs) but it's cool to watch. Like totally someone with a good boinking. I'm here for it. I'll watch that all day. I'm here for it all day. And then I like South Carolina too. So I really like that, (laughs) you know, but man it's I like the idea that I, for once in a season in Georgia, the weather's not crazy. It's not terrible. You might get some rain, but I ain't freezing or nothing. And you have to let it go. Yeah. So, put a bow on it okay i think i hear you saying quail are more forgiving but you hate missing a turkey i freaking hate it okay I, did no, i get it right I, no, no, I no 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 or did i, I say it backwards pull, i hate not pulling the trigger when i feel like i i should have on those jakes last year i i felt well, i hate not pulling the trigger i man. think you're too hard on yourself well <laughs> well so let's exercise <laughs> that, that may be true. exercise it out with me had we done that and mm-hmm. we would have doubled for sure yeah very quickly into this hunt, the sun mm-hmm. had just come up. Mm-hmm. There was there was a hen way out in this cut. We know we got him up there and maybe another her or mm-hmm. a couple of hers. Would you have been BS? You're like, man, we should have waited him out. Because then you start going down that rabbit hole of what if he just broke? What if we just hung out long enough for him to finally come down the road off that plateau? Yeah. And then you're <sighs> then you're angry that you killed the Jake. And you're like, oh, I spent my tag on something mm-hmm. I shouldn't have. It wouldn't have it see that. Man, that's a weird, that's a weird dichotomy. Like, there's no right answer. There's no right answer because, again, and see, when we left, that's the thing. Like, I was like, I was glad that there was a certified Tom because, again, for me, I knew you were coming down here. And, dude, I don't want you, you know, the whole thing was a success. It was a success. We had 12 hours. We Mm -hmm. got in. I got in flipping midnight or mm-hmm. some crazy crap i think mm-hmm. we had like a two-hour nap they got, got up right and back up went driving down the road to i think we where had the like were, a, Columbia? we were in columbus georgia columbus. like right outside of columbus georgia down the chattahoochee mm-hmm. that yep and i we so and, and shout out to our, our partners georgia power they opened up um one of their really good properties oh for that's us. outstanding oh my gosh and i mean and they were like look they're they're turkeys there like they they are right there um Man, I mean, it's the rush, and there is no right answer. There's I a mean, selfishness to it. Like, I want to do this. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I wanted you to go home with a Tom, but if it were me, I was like, I don't really, I just, I wanted that Tom to come out. And yeah, I, and, and you rattle your brain about, like, how, like, what what did I, and th- we didn't Nothing. do anything. And you can only control the things you can control, and that's a beautiful thing about there turkey hunting, right? There you go. There it's, you go. It's really not in your control. <laughs> You got to let it go. You got to let it go. So, and how has your season been this year, my friend? Well, it's, it's show season. So, so that season's occurring, but Mm -hmm. uh, the coming spring, 
I have aspirations, whether they come true or not, I'm not quite sure. I think a couple of them will come mm-hmm. through. There may be a, a West Coast trip uh, involved. My, I do have a goal to get back down with you. I don't know if it comes together, but uh, immediately for what I can control, I'm going to Connecticut because mm-hmm. uh, I want to complete what I, up until about 15 minutes ago, <laughs> uh, termed the New England slam. And so many of my, my yeah. neighbors say the same thing. But now, uh-huh. officially... We're renaming it. We are rebranding the New England Slam. Is this it right here? It is being called the Nor'easter. The Nor'easter. I'm in on that. All right. That's what it is. So it's trademarked officially. Put the little TM stamp if, on it. If if Miss Esquire is saying it is all legal, then uh, yeah. Uh, button it up. Uh, Ashley, <laughs> can we can She's we trademark and listening. button up the Northeaster? The, the Nor'easter. Nor'easter. <laughs> like what? The Nor'easter Turkey Slam. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, you can't trademark a weather phenomena. I knew she was going to say that. I mean, y'all asking me as an attorney or a friend? <laughs> What's going to give us the answer that we want? Whatever y'all want. <laughs> Perfect. <Okay>. Perfect. <laughs> Helen chose uh, better half there. Uh, her partner, uh, John, was like, that sounds like a Nor'easter. I was like, that sounds like a winning that sounds like marketing a winning. scheme. I'm in on that. So, so yeah. So, Connecticut, for sure. Uh, I'm hosting some folks. Um, Sandy Brady and Matt Hughes, who were in here earlier, UFC okay. fighter, they're coming up. They're going to do a, a charity hunt with a kid that we're going to auction off uh, at another auction. Nice. Uh, so they're going to come up. Uh, uh, an auction winner from last year mm-hmm. uh, who won my donated hunt is going to come up. I got to fulfill that. So Helen and John may come over. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, but I like the hosting thing at this point of doing this stuff for over 20 years. It's exciting for me to have people come in that are excited about my dirt, like yep. I was yours. Yep. You know, yep. going down there in that red dirt and like I've never touched it, never yeah. experienced it, hot as Hades, and yep. I was like, "Yeah, this is what I, <laughs> this is what I'm here for." And it, and it's 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 I what I what I really appreciate about it all about this whole culture and community is there there's so much variance in it right but from not just the birds the landscape mm. how you move about it how you how you learn in it how you function and and really how those birds adapt yeah you know every yeah. every year they're doing something different and they're learning something different um you know out west bo brooks was in here talking about migrating turkeys moving up and down in elevation they, they the same, migrate out west they, they get the same thing out there in those rocky mountains where the the weather gets better um they do one thing and the weather gets terrible they do another thing so hmm. so yeah so they're so, chasing them and working elevation and following the birds and it's really you know it's interesting dude you don't have that over chance. here no you don't have that over here and at- you got to have you know you got to be like obi-wan on anakin you got to have the high ground because if you <laughs> don't they're gonna they're gonna have it quick way quicker than you yeah. you ever watch a turkey scale a, a flipping hill or a mountain they're fast it's amazingly fast and like you're still catching your breath from like mm-hmm. the first 30 steps do is there like an average like speed that they run like do we know that that's a doc chamberlain question i think i think the flying speed is 25 35 mm-hmm. miles an hour i don't know what their land speed is that's, that's a dog chamberlain that or something those suckers run fast dude like you say when they get their raptor on it's like jurassic <laughs> park gone it it really is like jurassic park. so uh, you know and it's 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 funny that we talk about that like the variances in climate you mm-hmm. know i'm I, at, one thing that i want to 
learn this year, like for turkey season this year down here in, in or down in the south in Georgia, um, I took it from my quail season, which is the bobwhite quail down there where people would think that they're in classic piney wood cover, wire grass, longleaf pine. They're feeding in that. But then going back into hardwoods, hmm. they're they're adapting in that way. And I talked to a biologist who's like, yeah, that's what they're doing. And it, it's all a climate change thing. It's it's really? all but yeah, they're they're acting funny, man. And the weather's been so shifty so here. So what's the when they move into the hardwoods? What's the shelter structure like? That's what they're going there, presumably, they're, right? They're For under shelter? logs. Yeah, okay. shelter. Really? So they're roosting there, like under really? law. Yeah, and it's weird. And you would what a terrible place to roost for a ground bird. <laughs> I don't know why, but I have kicked a log and the birds get up. Really? Yeah. It's the weirdest thing ever. My dogs, they they have started going towards downed logs, um, really thick. I mean, we always have blackberry and thorn and stuff like that. So in the hardwood areas, like, I mean, that stuff is kind of hanging out there, too. Yeah, that's good. But that's that's classic. But I've found a great number of birds right. Like there's 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 the dirt road. They there's the classic cover. And then there's a bunch of down logs, hardwoods right there. And I've had multiple points. My dogs have started pointing logs now. I do not understand why. So. I, if they're doing that, my thing is, what are the turkeys doing? Mm. You know, how are they adapting? And that's the thing that I'm going into with it. Like every season, I want to go into it with a plan. I don't want to just shoot a bird. You know, the I want to I, I want a time shot of Jake before, I, but I want a, a big, sure. old, smart Tom. Yeah. And, I, and, and that's my objective. So like when I do pull the trigger, I want to ask myself why? Like, what did you learn from that experience? Yeah. What were you getting? How did you handle it? And if you got skunked, why did you get skunked? Yeah. Like, but there again, you can overthink that. And yeah. Never really come up with an answer. Because <laughs> there's those variables you just you didn't see. You and I'm see okay that with that. Raptor buzzard flying above your head. Right. <laughs> see ya. And but I still want to go in with a plan. Yeah. yeah. You know, I want to go in feeling like I learned something. Yeah. You'll always get something. Yeah. That's yeah. that's for sure. Yep. You'll always bring something home, mm-hmm. whether you feel the tag or not. And it, it and that's kind of that's been my overarching thing I, I, as a hunter, just a, a, just a general hunter, just a statement like it's all about how much more can I add to the Rolodex of knowledge for mm. the type of species and games? I would say it's infinite. You're right. But I want to I want to I want to feel like I can hold that in that infinite, yeah, yeah. you know, book. You may, maybe you're meaning like. You get to a point where you're like a teacher and you're tenured. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you know you're at a certain spot where you got enough, but you can always add more. You can add that's, more. That's yep. what you're saying, right? But you want to be tenured in your turkey hunting. <laughs> I'm a tenured that's that that is a marketing thing. The tenured turkey we're, hunter. We're stacking them up like cordwood. Dude, our we we saying we need to like we need to write this stuff down. I'm gonna have Ashley send it in to the Secretary of State. <laughs> okay. And, and and we'll get all of this stuff done. So, you know, or NWTF, there, there, there's my contribution. You know, the, the tenure. What are the residual royalties on bumper stickers? Right. <laughs> Who owns the rights to Bumper stickers, t-shirts. <laughs> uh-huh. I dabble in that e-com professionally. So they, I, I know it takes a lot of stickers. Oh, my gosh, man. I, that's it. Um, but, you know, I... I just, I'm in that part where I'm like, all right, I've shot a bird or two. Now what? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at that now what 
phase, you know, of, go of, hunt. of my, yeah, go hunt and stay in the field. Um, and sometimes you, sometimes that now what doesn't come that morning, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't even know, man, but we're here, you know, um, like I said, it just goes back to me just embracing the lack of what I know. You're in the right place, man. You know, for as long as you guys are in town, the opportunities to speak with some of the smartest bird brains around. I mean, you're this is it. This is total immersion, right? Yeah, yeah. Total immersion in the, in the turkey, turkeyum, turkeyism, whatever you want. Look, guys out there, I'll hit. What? What? <laughs> what? 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 And see that? I mean, that's commitment, man. Just. He ain't got nothing else on his mind, but learning, learning, learning that out. But everyone else here around here loves it. Yeah, it, and it's it's so funny. So Ashley, someone's gonna go up to him and be like, "Where'd you get that call? Who makes it?" Yeah, and it's marketing. Yeah. I mean, it, my wife gets on us all the time because she says, "Hunters, we we like to make noise. All we do is like to make noise." And she rolls her eyes over now. <laughs> She's like, "Oh y'all, y'all ain't even practicing no more. You just make a noise." <laughs> Ma'am. Ma'am. They are a musical instrument, and your instrument must be tuned and practiced and played. Okay. Well, you guys, I don't know who's louder, him or our toddlers. Well, now, so now we got the kids doing the the sounds. Like I'm starting to teach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to. I, I played that game. Oh my god. I got some super cute uh, cell phone footage of my kids running a, a night and Haley used to put out this triple pack of locator calls. It was a, it was a hooter, a peleated woodpecker and a crow call. It was magic. I, lo- I wish I still had that of all the mass produced calls like that peleated woodpecker would. I don't care where I was. Yeah. I, I would get a turkey sound. Off really? That sucker. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, the kids got the hooters and they're out there and their little tiny hands are all over it. And they're working it and it's, their little cheeks are going up like a bullfrog and i'm like that's that's where it's at that's right what there. it is man so i'm like go ahead that, that. they were in the living room <laughs> man it, it it but you know what man those are the things like i could as crazy as it is I, those are the memories that I want to, I do, I mean, I want all the memories with my kids, but like, those are the really vibrant ones, right? Like, oh, I'm hoping 20 years down the line, like, my son and my daughter are like, really dope callers and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when they were just goofing off in the living room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Even that goofing off will kill a turkey. I think I told you, my daughter, when she was four, I was, uh, it was in the spring, so I was heading over to Maine and we could mm-hmm. hunt all day over there. And she said, can I come with you? I was like, yeah, why not? Come on. And she says, can I run the calls? All Again, right. why? Why not? Right. I w- got out there to the spot. I didn't really see anything. I knew there were birds there, and she uh, she got on this box call and just just horrible. Right. All of a sudden, I looked down the line. Three, four jakes came out. Get out of here! And I said, "Keep doing that." And she did, and they came swinging breast feathers, what? and I was like, "Jake's gonna die today because my four year old <laughs> just called him in." That Jake. That Jake uh, Cape Infan is mounted with her. She hold her really? She called it in. Yeah. Heck yes. Yeah. So man. it's uh, you, you don't gotta like these guys that are running upstairs. They're they're musicians. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and then and, and sometimes it's even better than the real thing. Mm-hmm. But it, I just say it not to be disparaging on them. It's just you don't have to be that good. No. You don't have to aspire to be that good. Just go out there and try it. And mm-hmm. that's what we're wanting people to do. Mm-hmm. Just get out there. I. 
and and one thing that I have learned, Turk, they just respond to freaking weird stuff, man. Again, control what you can control. Right. Car doors. Yeah, like shot goblin off a car door. I've had that happen. I'm like, what? You shoot a turkey in the report of the firearm, <laughs> and they all go, Argh! You're like, dude, I just killed your partner, and they're all straight out. It's the best. I like that shot goblin. That's a good one. Is <laughs> Honestly, I try to get my son to do it. <laughs> but I feel like just to make a shot call, uh, shot call. Oh my god, <laughs> he sounds so silly, so and I just fun. I think I do it just to laugh at him. And he don't know that yet. He just he, he thinks it's it funny, quick, too. and then he's not going to do it. <laughs> I can't overdo it though. Oh man, dude, we're over our time. I got to return you to your lovely wife, and um, I call this call this podcast day a day. Dude, thank you for for having me. Thanks, man. thanks this for is... hanging out. That, 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 as usual, goes by <laughs> half an hour gone. I had you scheduled for uh for for twenty or fifteen, and here we are. So. Well, you were smart for putting me last because you know how this thing go. It worked out well. Yep. I'm I'm glad. So, well, I hope you get your call. And uh, how long are you guys in town? I asked you this tomorrow. Tomorrow, yep. you're out. Mm-hmm. All right. We got to go. So from here, I leave and go to Seawee. I've got to do some oh, stuff with Garden yeah, and Gun. Yeah, 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 we talked about that. Yep. And then oh, um, on behalf of Minority Outdoor No, I'm. what's crazy is, so, and I'll get this, my last little story. So I'm, so Garden and Gun reached, magazine reached oh, out yeah. to me last year sometime towards the end of the year and i was just shocked because like that's how i got into southern the whole southern atmosphere hunting and all of that stuff like reading that magazine and it was just such a full circle thing when they asked me to be on the panel to select 10 conservation heroes so that was in one of the issues uh last year's a blue issues got like a pink flamingo on it on the cover and so then they said hey look you want to come back around and do like a cocktails and conversation about conservation um you know during one of their events and presentations during seaweed and i was like heck yeah man talk about bird dogs and, and just the culture um talk about longleaf pine talk about conservation talk about prescribed burning all of those things that go into making quail habitat turkey habitat all the the, the, the red cockaded woodpecker all of that stuff you know um and so i it's 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 an honor just to be asked to come down and, and kind of hang out with their editor in chief, uh, David awesome. D. Benedetto. And, you know, it's just, a, it's, it's going to be a good time. Well, good things happen to good people well, uh, for the right reasons. And, and certainly you've been experiencing a nice bit of success and on a run. So continued success, my friend. And, uh, likewise, safe travels. Thank be you. Be safe. Friend. Get back to your kids. And, um, I'll let you know about spring. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, bro. Thank All right, you. man. Appreciate you. All right, that's day one. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I certainly enjoyed the conversations, and I was definitely uh, fresh. <laughs> Get a little punchy towards the end uh, of, a, of a marathon set, but, I mean, that's okay, and that's part of the flavor of it uh, and, and, and the realness of, of what we're laying down here. Uh, all good folks there, and I, re- I really thank them all for, for making the time uh, to do that. Um, a week from uh, today when this is dropping. So this is dropping on Thursday and that was last Thursday. So we're, we're already a week removed from these, but um, yeah, good conversations there. Really love diving in. Um, thank you to, to cuz for, for being the ceremonial first pitch, if you will always be in number one, uh, nothing but love and respect for cuz. And then everybody else down that line. It's uh, so just, 
so much good stuff to talk about. So share that around your friends. And as always, subscribe, rate where available. We're available on all podcasting platforms, guys. So share this around with your friends. Tag your buddies. Tag the people that are that are in here. Let them know you heard it. You love the conversation. You want to learn more about them. Things like that. Keep telling our story. And uh, we thank you for listening. We will drop day two and day three uh, very soon. Stay tuned. Subscribe. I keep saying it. Subscribe so you get these notifications. iHeart's great about it. As soon as this stuff goes up, boom, you get a notification. All the, uh, Some of the others, they're real good about you know just dropping that, that hey, new episode, Trick Call All Access podcast. Check her out. And then you're always current. We will see you very soon, very soon, with day two of the convention conversations. Until then, take care of each other, love each other, be kind. It's almost turkey season. We're getting to it. We'll see you soon. See ya. Hey, y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. Nomad is proud to be a supporting sponsor of the National Wild Turkey Federation and their podcast hosted by my longtime buddy, Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you. Hey guys, this is Aaron with The Hunting Public. Each spring we head to the woods chasing turkeys and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend if you're a spring turkey hunter spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation.